So whenever um, I record these episodes, I always forget stuff. And do you ever like think like a week on? You're like, oh, I should have said that. And yeah, yeah. so yeah. I've got a few examples. So for last week's episode, an insult that I didn't say, and I say this all the time, if you had a brain, you'd be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. And one for the um ghost story episodes that we did. I don't know why I never remember this because I do this all the time you should never have shoes facing your bed because that means there's someone standing looking at you so oh if you God. ever have shoes facing your bed don't do it anymore like you know the way, the way you lie so never put them at the foot of your bed never have them at the side of your bed you can have them at the side of your bed but facing straight on but never have them pointing in the direction that you are like lying do you know what I mean so I mean, you're doing it like it in all the time. <laughs> well, you're tempting fate now. It's maybe my guardian angel looking over me, Kim. Well, hopefully it is. Hello and welcome to the brand new episode of Gin and Bear at the podcast. I'm Kevin O'Connor Jones, your fabulous host. Oh, I didn't say double barrel bitch last time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know my name by now, so it doesn't matter. Joining me this week are three fabulous ladies, Mel, Saz, and Sinead. Hello, girls. Hello. How's your week been? Any plans for the weekend? Yeah, all good. The week's not been too bad. It's been quite quiet. I think everybody's like waiting for Christmas now, like aren't they? They're like waiting for all the nights out and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, quite quiet. This weekend's pretty quiet as well. But then like from next weekend on, there's literally something on every single weekend. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna embrace the quiet this weekend. I had another yeah, yeah, well rested. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Saz? Yeah, the same as Mel. It's been pretty quiet. I'm nearly afraid to jinx it. Um, not really um, too much has happened this week. Um, and then this weekend, my sister and her husband are coming up to Belfast. We're going to see Jim Owen. Um, I think we're going to go for dinner as well. So excited for that. Lovely. Who's Jim Owen? He's a comedian. <laughs> oh, fabulous. Um, and Sinead, what about you? Um, I'm the same as the girls. The week's been fine. It's been surprisingly okay. So it's kind of like what's going to happen to ruin it um but <laughs> not yeah the weekend um i'm going to belfast on saturday to meet up with a few girls i used to work with um so we're going to go for lunch and some drinks and stuff so not really be it um what about you kevin how's your week been any plans for the weekend <laughs> it always falls to Shania because she's laughed off at that okay or Karen, but Karen never does that um <laughs> yeah week's been quiet enough we're recording on a Wednesday so we're only really halfway through to be honest um the weekend I'm quite busy I am I'm out all day Saturday going to Sarah's new house she's kind of having like a little warming get together she's going to cook dinner lovely and then on Sunday, we are going to a charity comedy gig that um, Adele's boyfriend, Steve, is actually going to be in. No way. Very good. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. I love a comedy gig. So something different. It's love at it. 4 p.m. as well, which is good. So they were home early. <laughs> 
well we say that you <laughs> <laughs> drink something where sunday goes but yeah looking forward to the weekend um yeah so i'm enjoying the quiet week until the madness of the weekend starts and then next week's mad for me as well but we'll talk about that on the next episode mm-hmm. um right so we'll just get in to the news section um the first thing that we're going to discuss is asos so asos um, and any company can do this, but, you know, companies house can release their profits and loss accounts and things like that every financial year. So ASOS last year reported a £31 million loss. This year, it's even worse, £300 million loss. Now, I will say, probably that is down to myself, Sinead and Tishy shopping in Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> um, because Sheen... Let me just get up their figures at the bottom of the article. Bear with me. Sheen um, have currently valued their business at $53 billion. Oh and in 2022, God. it was the most Googled fashion brand in the world and it made a reported $18.9 billion in revenue. So I would suggest that ASOS's customers are now shopping with Sheen. Well, I will say, because I are really to shop ASOS. Sorry, this is a day I wish they would. Um, I, I'll say, I used to shop a lot with ASOS years ago. So my my wardrobe would have been ASOS. Now it's all Sheen. I rarely shop on ASOS. Like, I, I can't remember the last time I bought and kept something from there. Yeah, uh, see, I, I do ASOS because I sometimes, like, can't on Sheen. Do you know, like, yeah. like I'm not organized enough these days remember to order like from Sheen three weeks in advance do you know that way whereas yeah. like ASOS does come in a couple of days you're like oh fuck like, I just need something quickly like in this handy no definitely and I have next day delivery on ASOS it's only a tenner for the year and like if you use it a couple of times sure you yeah. you know made that money but their returns are so easy I think that's what I like about it yeah what about you Shanine? Um, like I would never have been a big shopper on ASOS anyway Um, mm-hmm. just Oh, no, I just never seen anything I liked. But like this year, I did buy one dress from them and kept it. And last year, I bought one dress and kept it. So I mean, I'm walking the life. You're doing your best, babes. Um, yeah. So like, I would say that's the reason. And like, they're blaming it on a wet summer. I don't really think that's got anything to do with it. <laughs> but I right, still wore summer dresses, even though it was raining. <laughs> no, yeah, but like I would say, like it would maybe be a little bit of it because if you don't go abroad, you may be not buying a lot of summery clothes. Fair enough. But to go from thirty-one million loss to a three hundred million loss in twelve months is a lot. Yeah. Um, and I was on ASOS there before coming to the Galgorm. She needed so it's funny enough the dress she wore to the Galgorm, that's the dress she got from ASOS. So I was looking for something to wear and I ordered something next day delivery and then I never, I returned it. I didn't keep it because the quality is going downhill now. The things actually are getting really expensive yeah. where you can get the same thing on Sheen if you're prepared to wait. Like, and I know you said three weeks, Mel, but like I only would wait like seven, eight days for stuff to come from Sheen. Yeah, I don't mean sometimes it might be like two weeks, sometimes it might be yeah. three and a half weeks. But do you know, like it's a bit of a gamble. You like you just don't know yeah. how long it's gonna take. So like say if you had something on in like a week's time, like you couldn't hmm. guard. No, 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 no. You have to give yourself notice. And that's why I always say if you see something at the time that you like when you're on machine, buy it and then it's always in your wardrobe for the next event. 
Because <laughs> the thing about Shane is you don't know where it's coming from until they ship it. And then now they yeah. have it split out on their app. So it'll tell you if it's like a, a local warehouse or if it's um international. Do they? Yep. Because <clears throat> I, I order. Because I always nah. check. Because then I know like if it's a local warehouse, I'll get it in a couple of days. Mm. But if it's international, it's like nearly two weeks. Oh, that's um, good. I will suppose you're in Northern Ireland as well, because I know the parcels get come into London and then yeah. they have to Obviously. go again. So for me, I'd probably get them quicker. Um, but yeah, it's just it's fascinating to me. Like, and I seen a TikTok video during the weekend. It was like, ASOS won't exist next year. They're making that much of a loss that it won't exist. Um, so yeah. I mean, if Sheen goes, which I don't think they will, because they, they've now bought, like, Misguided now Sheen have, so they're going to for that, yeah. And right. they bought it, like, last week or the week before. So they're really raking it in, which, I mean, I order on Sheen, like, every few weeks, and I don't need to, but it's just so nice. If it, Sheen now is what Primark used to be. What Primark was really good. In my opinion, especially for girls' clothing. Well, um, it's so yeah. good too. Like, to be fair, I like how he knows in there. Like, the only thing I, I will get in there would be like t-shirts or hoodies. Like, like, that's fucking. It is very hit and miss. To be fair, like there times. Did your Wi-Fi? You're the one that gets boring. You're the problem, Shanae. Fucking post office live, huh? I'm like, well, it's okay. I don't need to be a part of this if you still want me. That's fine. <laughs> we didn't say that. Now you're just taking it around. <laughs> um, so yeah, what, what were you saying before you went all jumpy? <laughs> we can't even remember now. <laughs> you were saying how Primark was hitting this, I think. Oh, right. yes, yes. Because I was going to say about 10, 15 years ago, I would have always went into Primark and then came out with loads of stuff. And yeah. in the last, like, so last five, six years, like, I barely buy anything in the pre-market now. It's got so expensive, too. Like, mm. they're charging, like, £60 for a coat, and it's, like, a URH. Right? And they've loads of Rita Ora stuff on at the moment, and I really uh, like Rita Ora, oh. so it really puts me off buying it. <laughs> me. Um, well, maybe they're increasing the prices in pre-marks to give the Bangladeshi children a fair wage. I get that could be one of four. So who knows? Not, I know that's a bit tongue in cheek what I just said, but it could be the reason. <laughs> um. Okay. So the next story I have. So long live Sheen's. All I can say. I love it. I'm waiting <laughs> on two parcels that I. So they should be here. Hopefully this day because I ordered a scarf. Because weeks ago I put a scarf in the washing machine and I shrunk it to fuck because it was woolen and I didn't read the at all. So I, I'm waiting on a scarf to go away for next week for Amsterdam. So hopefully it fucking comes and. So long live Sheen. Anyways, the next story that I have is um the King's speech. Um and it more um particularly the smoking ban. So have you heard of it? No. So I actually have a copy of the King's speech in front of me. It's like a hundred page document. So it's a little shit. But I I only heard this recently. The king doesn't actually write this. The government do, and then he just reads it. So why does he need to I don't get it, whatever. Mm-hmm. up. I know, the Brits, hey. Um, anyways, the bill is called Tobacco and Vapes Bill. 
Um, and they want to create the first smoke-free generation. So children born on or after the 1st of January 2009, so they're turning 14 this year or younger, will never be able to legal never be able to be legally sold cigarettes. And this will mean effectively raising the age of sale by one year each year for this generation to prevent them and future generations from ever taking up smoking in the first place. Because they say there is no safe age to smoke. And they're also going to further crack down on youth vaping. Um, they're going to look at new regulations to reduce the appeal and availability of vapes to children while ensuring that vapes remain available for adult smokers to quit. Um, and they're going, they're consulting on how to get the balance right with proposals including restricting the flavours and description of vapes so they're no longer targeted at children, regulating point of sale displays so that vapes are kept outside of children, and regulating packaging and product presentation, etc., etc. So what do you think about that? I mean, like, if you never smoked ever, like, like, how can you be annoyed about it? Like, you know, mm-hmm. your olds aren't going to be like, oh, I can't buy cigarettes ever. Like, if you never smoked, like, you know, fuck you. You know, like, it sounds like a good thing, but yeah. You know, I will say, because I don't know, Shania can maybe have a different viewpoint. Our mum and dad were quite strict with me and Shania when it came to drinking more so. And they, they were always saying when we were started going, I don't you be drinking, don't you be drinking. And that wanted me, to, that made me want to drink more. So it's like saying, if you can't have something, you want it more. Do you know what I mean? So I do think overall it's a good thing, but I then do think this will open up illegal forms of selling them, like drugs. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose actually, because then I would just be like everything in the black market and I'd be all like for dodgy secrets. Yeah. Like, and more. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, criminals will make more money as they do on drugs. They'll make on cigarettes now. Unless they just stop manufacturing cigarette, cigarettes altogether, which I don't see how because they make so much money on cigarettes with tax okay. and stuff. So I know they're saying that this is a good thing. Each year it will, it will rise. So eventually these 14-year-olds, whenever they die, cigarettes will be gone then out of this country. Essentially, that's what they're saying. Um, I'd love to know, do you know whenever they started putting um, like lungs, damaged lungs and stuff on the packets and all, you know, the pictures, I'd love to know, did that, like, was there a fall in the sales of cigarettes or anything since that? Yeah. Do you know, I'd love to know if there's any proven thing that they use deterrence work. Yeah. I'd say realistically, they don't. Like, if if you're addicted to smoking, you're just going to keep it. You know, it's like drunk. It was like drunk people fall and break their arm. They're still going to drink. <laughs> like, you know, wait, <laughs> you know, you know the risk. Like everyone knows the risks of smoking, but loads of people yeah. still do it anyway. So, mm. yeah. But you Regardless. could say that about drinking as well. Like you drink and it damages your kidneys and your liver and all that there. So, I mean, life's hard enough as it is. So we should just be able to have the little vices that we have. But then... I don't think drinking it has causes as many more health issues as cigarettes do. So mm. maybe this is the problem. But um, I think it's a good thing for the future generation. Um, okay. Given cancers and bronchitis and, you know, different health things, I do think it is good. Um, I just don't understand where the government is going to get their extra money that they make from the cigarettes from. From the taxes and the sales from it and stuff. Um, like Mel says, they'll just get it in the black market. Of course, Kevin. <laughs> it might take more money actually from the black market. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, one thing I think they, they, the white, one thing, what's <laughs> <laughs> wrong with you on this podcast? And I think one thing that they should legalize actually in the UK is cannabis. Like, do yeah. what Amsterdam do. The crime rates, apparently, in the Netherlands are, like, one of the lowest in Europe. Um, especially when it comes to drugs. Um, so, yeah, maybe in the future stuff will happen. And for pain relief and medicinal purposes as well. Um, but then I don't know if the UK is into banning cigarettes, will they? Relieve any other substances. I thought it was interesting. Okay, the next story I have is, have you heard the rumours, more or less confirmed, that Girls Aloud is coming back? Yeah, I that. Yeah, so apparently they've all met up um, recently in a North London studio to shoot a music video for their first single in 11 years. Um, I don't know any details about what the single's about, but it's apparently a tribute to Sarah Harden, who died of cancer in 2021. Um, it's the first single in 11 years that I say that, I can't remember. <laughs> um, and apparently the theme of the music video is they're all dressed as superheroes. So I'm going to assume it's going to be a female empowerment, you know, kind of music video. But I'm really excited for this. Now, I, we all know I hate fucking Cheryl Cole, but I love Nadine and I, I, I do love Girls Aloud's music. So I'm really excited for it. And if they do, do go, go to concert, who wants to come with them? because <laughs> i remember their fair the farewell tour you know that go girls go 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 love that song <laughs> um and that was 2013 i remember being the second year of uni and mel i think you were with me but i'm not 100 percent sure i don't know me and you in beach club we didn't go to the concert but we remember beach club in the odyssey yeah so the loud were on that night doing their tour in the odyssey and we went to beach club i think with shauna britton and, you know, Melissa Crossley, she went to the concert and then she came to Beach Club after. Yeah. And she was like, oh, amazing. And I was like, oh, shit, it went. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go this time, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll make up for it. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. I, lo- I love their music. It's just chins, bops. Um, so yeah. Apparently it comes out in January 2024. So watch this space. Who else is excited? <laughs> I'm excited to hear what it sounds like. I wonder will they keep yeah. their sort of sound that they had before or go go different? Oh, they better because so much of the, the music scene in the UK and Ireland now is all like garage and rap and stuff and I'm not really into that music. I mean, but I like... you imagine them coming out rapping? Cheryl <laughs> <laughs> Cole did try. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Um, but yeah so oh yeah I hope it's a banger I hope it's like Mm. a dance floor banger and then we can all fucking go out and dance to it Um, okay the the last story that I have is I sent you a video that I researched for you to do Um, and there's a TikToker in I think LA and her name is called Purred Bots now this video has 1.2 million likes and 7 million views so in my definition that is viral and it gives she gives an, an explanation um if you go on a date and the man doesn't offer to pay again and then there was a comment on it where somebody had said like this is wrong it was a woman who did it um and it was wrong and then she sarcastically replies again 
uh, paying for yourself as a woman is a masculine to the man. So let him pay and step into his divine masculine energy. Um, so what are your thoughts? I don't know. Like if I went on a date and like, you know, if the guy offers to pay like grand, but I would always like the next time I'd be like, oh, I'll get it like you got last time. Or like if you're in the pub and you're doing rounds, like you go round for round. Like if a guy like bought me like a whole dinner and drinks, and I'm like, I'd be scundered. Like I would feel really bad. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. Oh yeah. I don't know. I think right, like I can or something. I think like you said, Mel, like, you know, if they offer to pay for it and like, you know, you're going to see them again, you know, then you, then you're like, I, okay, right. I'll get it next time. No baller. But if you know, in your head, you won't see them again. I'm like, definitely pay your half. But for me, I would always offer to pay my half anyway. Um, just because Mm. I'm like, well, like, just because I'm a woman, you don't need to pay for my dinner. And like, I just really think that that girl, like that TikToker or whatever, it's just definitely a really bad example because we talk about feminism and equal equal rights and equal opportunities, but yet we're still happy to sit back and let men pay for us. And like, don't get me wrong, it's it's nice that they offer, you know, um, and maybe want to treat us, and that's great. But I mean, we're supposed to be suppose, equal rights, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very capable of paying for myself, and I don't expect a man to do it. You know, and the fact mm-hmm. that she was like acting out this whole scene, being like. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. You just want to be friends. I thought this was a date, implying that just because you're in a date, a man should always pay for you is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not fair. Yeah. yeah. Fair. I definitely think some people make these videos for views, but I'm also aware that there's definitely people out there that agree with her because, judging by the comments on the reply, well, I don't know if people were taking the piss or what, but like, I was shocked no. that many people were like, Yeah, you're right. And this woman was like, Oh, like as a woman you pay to like get your hair done and you know you pay for your makeup and all like what does a man pay for the least he can do is pay for your dinner no that's not how it works <laughs> yeah i agree with you like i'm in the very it's not unique but it's from an earth friendship group it's unique i'm in a gay relationship i don't have that worry i don't have that concern and you know when me and nick started dating we split it or we would pay one time and he would pay the next time it's not a conversation, thankfully, in my world to have, but I can come from the viewpoint of being a man, per se, um, who, if I was straight and I went on a date with a woman, in today's world, I wouldn't offer to pay. It's 50-50. Yes, it's a nice gesture if you, if you know you're going to see each other again, but for men, they... I don't want to say men are stupid or men can't pick up on like signals, but men is a generalization. Always think women are attracted to them all the time. Like they would say that, oh, you know, it's like when you come up to a bar, like, and they, they can't handle rejection of that woman doesn't fancy me. And then they call her a slag. It's women kind of, or men have that viewpoint. Um, So for them, it's like, how do they know whether you're going to see them again? So I can, on a tangent and I'm not making much sense but if a man doesn't offer maybe he's like well I know she's not going to see me again she's not interested so that's why he's not going to offer but even if you you are going to see him again how does he know that so why is he going to waste his money his hard earned cash on paying you your free fucking dinner when he knows or you know you've no interest in seeing him again I don't think it's very fair and like women are rightly so 
um, asking for equality and fair pay. Well, use the fair pay to pay for your own fucking dinner. Well, at the moment we don't have fair pay, so we can't okay. actually use it to pay for the dinner. Like, well, you, but you know what I'm trying to say, though. It's okay. like if you want equality and you want all this, then you have to also. Why? Why can't a woman then ask for a man? Do you want to? Pay, you want your dinner paid for? What? If that's the definition of equality, I'm sure most of us have done that. I've done that. Definitely. Oh yeah, I'm not saying like I'm not saying women don't do it, but I'm saying you can't have it both ways. Is yeah, what I'm I think some people do like to show off a bit though, and it's like, oh, don't worry, like I'll get it. I'll get this, I'll get that. Like, you know, it's not always like the woman expects it. It's like, you know, something. Like, no. I've been on this before, and like, anytime I go to get around, it's like, no, 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 no. Like, and you're like, oh, fuck's sake, like, what do I do here? This is really awkward. But, it's, like, some no. people are just kind of like that, where they're just like, let me do yeah. it, like, you know, showing off a little bit. Like, do you, do you think, though, from the man's perspective, he wants to pay well i don't say all men do this but do you think he wants to pay for the dinner and drinks because he's like i've got a hold over that woman now that she has to do what i say now like she has to come back to mine or i, ex- I expect something from her i mean she's not going to get I something mean, for I, free yeah you're in their debt then a little bit yeah and then it, you don't meet up with them again they can throw it in your face going like oh you fucking slag getting using me for a free dinner do you know what i mean like stuff like yeah. that just think in the perspective of of how a man would think. Like, for free dinner, you offered? <laughs> I know. This is the thing, mm. like, men, in my opinion, don't think like that. Yeah, yeah. From the from the straight man that I, not my close circle of straight man friends, but straight men who I know of, I, I know, I've heard stories and I know of, you know, acquaintances that they would do that. Do you know? So I just think to make it an easy world, and the man then doesn't expect nothing from the girl, and the girl doesn't expect nothing from the man. Just pay your own dinner because why not? I know it's a nice gesture, yes. And if you are genuinely going to see the man, then that's fine. Let him pay. If he's if he keeps banging on about it, let him pay. And you are going to see him again. I think that's fair. But then the next time, why don't you pay for the man? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and then there's no there's no leverage then because you're both equal <laughs> no I'm just saying it for the other ladies out there and the men as well <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I, I would just like the comments and like the way she was thinking I was like and I always say this on this podcast about there was a girl on the first date two years ago where she left the date early because the man wouldn't pay for, oh or he God. said like a joke halfway through the conversation about like she was going to pay for herself. So uh, and then she got up and like, so it was just like, like, what? Oh no! Like why would you do that? Like, like I don't know. Like any of my like girlfriends who'd ever go on a date been like, oh, I'm going to get my dinner bought to me and I'm going to get all these drinks bought to me. Like, no, why would you go on like that? Like that's actually embarrassing. Says what? Well, I do. <laughs> Guys, what was the story you told about the guy and he went and got the bill or something? Or what was oh, it? I, so it was a blind date for me, but it was a double date. And he went and we had all our food and all, and he told shit jokes all night. And a guy knew I didn't want to see him again, but that's fine. He went to mm-hmm. the toilet, came back and goes, That's your half of the bill. I paid mine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Well, if you had waited, 
I would have offered to pay yours, even though I didn't, you didn't want to see you again. But like, like we were saying, like I'm the type of person like I will always offer. Like I'm not, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Uh, so jokes on him because he could have got a free meal. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's what I mean. Like he's probably thinking in his head, I know she's not going to see me again. Know, but so like, he might have picked there's up. A, there's a way to do it. You wait for the bill to come down. And go on. Oh, oh, like instead yeah, of going he... up and purposely asking. Phil and then sitting and cutting out your wee bit at the till before you bring yeah, it down. Like, yeah, he did it the whole wrong right. way around. But then, I'm not like devil's advocate. Maybe he's been on dates where uh. women have expected him to pay, and maybe that like, he's just been burned that many times that he's like, well, this is the way to, to stop it. Completely wrong uh. way to do it. But like, maybe. Well, no, that's not the thing. on that table when the bill came down instead of being. I know, I know. But maybe when the bill has come to the table, he's had issues before where the woman kicks up a fuss yeah. about the I'm just glad I'm gay yeah. Fuck now. <laughs> I will say like quality sometimes goes too far because like I was dating a guy one time and like mm-hmm. honest to god anytime we got like any kind of food like I'm talking Domino's in the house like and I'd seen him a couple of times it wasn't as if it was a one time thing and you know like had been mm-hmm. seen each other and like I always had to like PayPal him like to the penny like he would tell me like oh mm. you owe me like nine fifty two and I was like oh, God sake like I'll just send you <laughs> like and then he'd be like no no because then like he felt like he was in my death because I'd sent him like forty p more and I'm like oh Jesus Christ <laughs> it was too much like whereas I'm yeah. more like oh if you get this I'll get that like yeah and I yeah. get that but sometimes yeah quality goes like too far and you're like sending mm-hmm. a fucking just in case any of your friends are listening to this mail and they think it can take you for a ride what mail means is she'll get you something in a similar value of what you got her not that she's you've got her she's got you a coke and then you go get a bottle of champagne oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no yeah it's, I, just, I could talk about this for you just because it's such a fascinating thing to see other people's viewpoints on it and it's just like it's so, what's that word, materialistic. That girl who put out that TikTok video, she's a materialistic, in my opinion, bitch. Paying for it's your own fucking It's just stingy as fuck, that's what she is. It's the, the, that's why she's bitch. Exactly, that's why she is single. And who is she to give advice? When she Hello. fucking acts like that? Jesus Christ. Right. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> um. So the next section of the podcast... Um. It's all about what's racking the absolute shit out of us this week. Um, so who wants to start? Mel? Yeah, I'll start. So I'm gonna wave my anonymity. So last week you read out one of mine, Kevin, and you said, "Oh, right back in." So I'm gonna give you the live updates. And <laughs> <laughs> so one of them was mine. Um, so parking gate. Yeah, people parking outside my house. I am fucking sick of it. Like sick of it. Like every other day, there's a new car. Like. But I don't mind people parking inside my house, right? Because there's quite a big curve. Like, I don't really have people over that often. Like, I have a drive, it's fine. But they literally park right outside my gate. Like, not blocking my car, to be fair, but where I would go in, like, the front door. And, like, you mm-hmm. could literally drive a meter and just be, like, out of the way of it. But my gate actually, like, swings out the way. Like, there's no way, like, there's nothing blocking it from swinging out the way. I'm so tempted to just unhook the gate let it swing you but hit your car and hit your car fuck you like i am actually sick of it now like there's but like it's a different car every time as well it's not even as if to say it's the same person all the time 
it's like yeah. far mm. so i'm starting to think my neighbors have had a meeting and they've just decided to park in front of the house to piss me off <laughs> they can probably see me out the window like looking down being like hey it's that like but yeah still continuing still going still sick of it like absolutely i just think it's so cheeky like it's there's like a whole mm. curve to park on like just drive a wee bit like away from the front noise yeah do you think it's like a hazing ritual for like a new neighbor moving in i don't know on i really don't know <laughs> but like sometimes the car will sit there for like an hour or two sometimes it'll be there like one time it was there for days like it got there on friday and like didn't leave until like the monday or something but like you can kind of mm-hmm. see my house from like a main road and like what my friend mm-hmm. actually, because I put it up on my Insta stories, Kevin, that's where you've seen it. Um, and then yeah. my friend messaged me and be like, Oh my god, you had somebody staying over. And I was like, That didn't So I'm like, Oh, my name is in a relationship or something. And they're like, I've seen 20 cards. <laughs> All these people like, I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> uh, leading a double life or something. And they're telling someone that that is where they live or like, yeah. But then, be. like, if they seen me cutting them out, they're like, who's that in there? Like, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, because, like, if you knew who was doing it, but if it's different cars, yeah. then you can't, can't really. Them. And then, so I was like, I don't want to be that person who, like, leaves notes. If they would literally just not park smack bang in front of my gate, mm. like, I would be fine with it. It's just so, like, so yeah. Could you put cones out? Oh, okay, but I don't want to be that person. Either. Uh, I know. <laughs> but see, to be fair, like, I am due deliveries of, like, furniture and stuff. So, like, my furniture mm-hmm. comes and they're parked smack by it. And I, if my sofa hits your car, I couldn't give a fuck. Like, mm-hmm. no fault. Yeah. Same with that gate. Like, there's going to yeah. be some day I'm going to be in a purified mood. I'll just unlatch the gate and be like, if it finds it's fine, if it does, you know. Mm-hmm. You should put some uh, glass or nails down and just, you know, if they accidentally get four flat tires. Oh my god! But your problem? <laughs> <laughs> like, didn't even note and like just frame it that you're concerned about their car and just be like, look, you know, in case it gets dinged when I'm going and out of my drive, like I'd appreciate if you could move it oh, and just say that you're getting deliveries and stuff, and be like, I, you know, it could like, be dinged. I never catch them. I never like can get out in time to like be like, can you actually just move? So it'd be like leaving the note and all. I'm like, oh, I don't want to be that person who leaves notes on cars. Like, just making it work. It works for me. Like, I might have to get to that point because, like, honestly, I'm sick of it. Paint some. Is your. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I was going to say paint some double yellow lines. Then put a fake ticket on there. Oh my god, yeah. I should print out like tickets, shouldn't I? Like, just print out like a fake parking. Oh my god. Our next door neighbors actually got, I don't know, like, I've seen this before in the house, but they got like a park, uh, a disabled parking bay outside their front door yeah. on like the main road. So they know no one can ever park it. And it's a massive fucking space. And they have a tiny, tiny car, which is brilliant for us who park behind them. So we have loads of fucking space. Um, but, oh, I was going to say something else. Can't fucking remember. Um, yeah, I was going to say something else. Can't remember. Not lying. <laughs> I never <laughs> lie. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I left a note on 
like someone's car one time because it was sick because we were in and out like you were bringing stuff in like furniture and stuff and it was just awkward getting into the house and you didn't want to damage their stuff but as you say at a certain point if it gets damaged it's their own fault stop you know caring I mean? and i go fuck you like it's just manners yeah. i don't know very true 100 um Keep us posted. Yes. Let us know how it goes. If you need any advice, we're always here to tell you what to do. <laughs> oh, I remember what I, I remember now what I was going to say. Sorry. Um, is your front door close to where that car is? No. So, like, there's front door and then you go down, like, two steps and then it's maybe, like, another two steps and there's, like, the gate, if you know what I mean. Okay. So, how many seconds, roughly, do you think it takes you from your front door to your gate? Like, seven. Okay, so that's not too far. What I will say is get a ring doorbell and you can see motion and then just oh, go through that doorbell. Excuse me, can you move your fucking car? Yes, doorbell on the pillar. On the gate. Put it on the car. <laughs> Right. Is that everything? Yeah, else? I think I'll do <laughs> Keep us posted. Um, Saz and he annoying the shit out of you this week. Yeah, there's a person that keeps looking out their window when I park outside their house. <laughs> 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 but mine is car related to um having car trouble and you send it to get fixed and they don't fix it so then you have to keep going back to them and it's just a hassle i know it's first word problems but it's still a hassle yeah. and yeah. the other thing is when you're trying to sleep and your nose is running and or blocked and you just like it won't stop and you just have to lie there with a the tissue pressed up at your nose Gosh. <laughs> Very sad times. I know. Got X in the house or any type of vehicle? I do, rub. yeah, but he's in that. I'm, I'm considering putting, is it potatoes in your socks or something? I think that's how oh, like Or is it onions? Uh, I think it was one of them. On. I'm considering doing in that. Your sock. Just, yeah, apparently putting that like on your feet, like sleeping in it or something helps. I don't know. I've never heard onions. It's hard to draw all the badness out of you. You know, yeah. here instead of some crack. <laughs> I've heard of when I do this, I put vapor rub on my soles and my feet uh, with socks on, and that stops you coughing. But if your problem isn't coughing, if it's your nose, I don't yeah, know. I know, and I can't sleep with socks on either. All right, let's see what works yeah. for you then. What about a hot toddy? What's that? It's a hot like whiskey, oh, and you okay, put like, yeah. um, what is it, whiskey and water, and then if you put clove, clove or lemon. Yeah, well, I do have a wee bottle of Jameson down there. So. No. But I, d I don't really like it so much when it's not mixed with ginger ale. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does work, you know, because I've had it before and it just, I don't know what it does, but yeah. hot water and whiskey and you wear like like heavy layers, you sweat it all You know, day. it's actually unreal for hot whiskey. Fireball, you get fireball in hot water if you have a cold. Unreal. So good. Yeah. Uh, Cinnamon in it, yeah, that makes sense. I would never thought of that. I'll, I'll try it all here. By the time I try all them, I'll be a new woman. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> Did you get a fab night? I do. That's why it's everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sinead, what is annoying you this week, love? Mine's is just oddly specific, but I mean, there's nothing like I can do about it apart from not watch TV. Um, perfume adverts. Like, there are so many of them and they're so pointless. <laughs> And like it's always like people running with horses or yeah. running with lions or like diving underwater. And I'm like, I've never watched perfume ads. So oh, they must buy that. Like it actually just puts me off the perfume. <laughs> like I will never buy Daisy by Marc Jacobs because of that stupid fucking ad. Daisy, 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 Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> like I will never buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so why it was I happened to be watching TV last night and there must have been at least 10 different perfume ads in the space of like an hour it's just like um, you're such a waste like of advert space it will get worse though because it's coming up to oh. Christmas and like that's a lot of people buy as gifts so it's do you know one fragrance I've never actually seen an ad for it for um, and I buy it all the time it's Blue de Chanel I've never seen an advert for that on TV. I think I have. I guy off. You don't know how you say that. I am like seventy percent sure I've seen one. Yeah, I've never seen. Well, I I don't really watch a lot of live TV. Maybe that's why. But that was probably the reason. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I've never seen like even a billboard for it or anything. I just know to buy it because it's really nice. But I agree, perfume ads are Yeah, shit. no, that, that's literally my annoyance this week. It's just, because, like, the rest of the week's been fine. I was sitting watching that last night, and I was just, fuck. Mm. Like, I'm never going to buy it. Ever. <laughs> there you go. Um, is that everything? Yes. Kevin, what's annoying you this week? Thanks for asking. Well, this wasn't on my list, but you've just prompted me to remember adverts. Does anyone watch Big Brother or ATV2 at the minute at all? No, no. Um, so they're starting to put Christmas adverts on, but it's like an ATV2 Christmas advert and they're like really stupid, pointless ones about like, oh, Christmas bubble gum or something. It's like, oh, fuck off. But it's like before the program starts, you know, like one of them little cartoon cardy things, like it's really irritating. It's like, fuck off. And the, the, the advertising for Big Brother now is really annoying me, like Vinted or the sponsor. And it's like, I can't listen to the same thing over and over again. It's like, she discovered this Icelandic new metal jazz band, blah, blah. If I hear that one more time, I'm going to scream. Like, I me and Ellie watch Big Brother, so we've been, we text throughout it. And it's like, if I hear this advert, and she's like, just, I have started to mute the TV. So I'm going to have to do that too. You may. Um, irritating. Okay. My phone's on charge. Let me just unplug it and I can read my annoyances. I don't really have that much this week because I'm just, I've had a very mellow week so far, touch wood. Um, but some things I'm just going to list out that kind of happened. Um, I hate when everything happens at once and other times you've nothing on and it's like why can't things just be a bit more balanced in your life yeah. it's like this week every I don't really have anything on but next week I'm fucking pulling my hair out to get everything organised but then I always feel like the week before you do anything a lot of the time you're organising stuff and you're thinking about the next week so you don't even have having a relaxing week which is annoying yeah um a person wrote in about this a few weeks ago. I'm really fucking sick about what to cook for dinner. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> bored of salmon or chicken or fish and chips or like what veg to have or do you want rice or pasta or potatoes? 
where we have chicken or beef. I'm really sick of it. I need like, a, but then, but then if you go buy a cookbook, right? Which me and Nick have a few cookbooks. You read it and you're like, I don't have half that shit in my cupboard. What the fuck is the car? What the fuck is that? Spice? Or pomegranate seeds. Where the fuck am I getting them from? Like, I need someone to come out with a cookbook or gift me a cookbook that is plain and simple. You have the stuff in your house and you just go buy a few things in the shop. There is an app where you can put in what you have in your cupboard and it'll like generate a meal for you. Oh, what's that called? Oh, I'll have to look it up. I haven't. Years ago, I seen it. I'm sure it's still it's about. I haven't read it. <laughs> it's fucking irritating though. I'm so bored of it. And like, I'd love to meal prep, but then I used to be so good when I was younger. Like over since COVID, I've put weight on. When I was 2019, like fucking cheekbones galore and I was so strict with what I ate like I technically meal prepped and I had the same breakfast the same lunch and the same fucking dinner and now I'm just so bored of what's happened the last few years I'm just like I need to treat myself and I'm so not regimented and I, do, I don't be strict anymore and I think if I went back to that regimented lifestyle of eating the same shit it would just like destroy me <laughs> so I can't do meal prep anymore I find well I don't know if it's the same website I use, but there's one called myfridgefood.com. I just click on My fridge. I mean, for you. Okay, I'm going to look into that because but then I'm still like grocery shopping too. Like, anyways, and there's no place. I mean, that's just the end of it all. Like, but it's also at the same time, it's like, do you know the way if you go grocery shopping and like meat, especially and vegetables, because they go off the quickest, you buy all this stuff. So we went shopping on Monday. Now Nick's had to go to his mum's yesterday and today to finish off like some wooden flooring for her. But we we bought meals for the past two nights and because he's not here, there's no point in me cooking it just mm-hmm. for one person. So I'm like, we either have to eat a lot in one go or freeze stuff and then that affects the week after because we're not here. So I'm just like, I hate buying all the food and then stuff comes up and then you either waste money or you're like, fuck, I'm just going to have to eat it all. Fair <laughs> enough, yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay, another one for me is I hate hypocritical advice. And what I mean by that is someone tells you to let it go. So you're talking about something that has happened in your past or something or recently, but it's the same pattern, patternal behavior that they're talking about. And then they tell you to let it go, but then they bring something up from the past as well. Yeah. So, like, can't tell me to let it go if you're doing the same thing. Do you know what I mean? No. <laughs> Very true. And my last one is I really hate emotionally immature people who you can't have an adult conversation with and who just walk away all the time. I get so, Yeah. I could, go, I could go into more detail, but I'm not going to waste my breath. <laughs> I don't like you. Do uh, you like a long winded story? Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Stop bringing up things from the past. <laughs> yes, need. <laughs> um. Right. I will put out a question box, and people write in with what's annoying them this week. Um. So let me just get it up. That's my fucking story. Right. Um, so everyone it must be having a very mellow week because two people only wrote in. So that's quite nice. I don't have much to go through. So somebody says closing sizes differing between shops. Oh God. Or even worse, when different sizes in the same shop. Oh, yeah. 
must have worked um, pretty well. It's such a bad culprit for that. I mean, like it, it does. Like it doesn't. I want to. It doesn't affect me, but it's like I could be a medium in something, and then I'm a large in another. I'm like, oh! <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it, it's nothing to do with actually you. It's the different clothing sizes. But I don't understand how different shops can regulate what small is, what a medium is, what a large is. Yeah. Blah blah blah. I know. Like how do you get away with that? There should be universal standard somewhere um and the last one is trying to train a new member of staff who has zero common sense god been there not nothing more <laughs> inferior <laughs> i'll put a meme on the story if i remember but i watched the real housewives sorry oh just i'm not there for that <laughs> No, I knew. I watched The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and there was a meme that I sent. I think it was to Sinead today. It was like, the caption was when the new girl in work starts or won't stop talking and the housewives are fighting. She's like, please stop talking to me. <laughs> and it's like, yes, leave me alone because why is that, why is that all I mean to like speak to you? Um, okay. So we're going to take a little break and we'll be back with our weekly topic of toxic workplaces. We will see you soon. And we're back. Um, I just want to also say, I forgot to bring this up at the start of the episode. I am basically a prisoner today. Um, so when Sinead was up for Halloween, she, I asked her to hold onto my house key and she put it into her handbag. And of course, being drunk, we forgot. I forgot to get it off her on the Sunday whenever she left. So my house key is in Ireland and I'm here. And Nick only has obviously one key. So when he's leaving the house every day to go to work. So... He's usually locking the door and posting the key through the letterbox. Um, so yesterday he posted the key to the letterbox but failed to lock the door. And today he has locked the door but f- forgot to put the key through the letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> so I am basically a prisoner in my house today. <laughs> I thought you, you were going to get a key off Sarah Goose. So she was going to come down last weekend and then she was that busy she couldn't and then she was like, on Monday, I'll come down this evening. I said, well, we're going grocery shopping, so I don't know what time we'll be back. But we're seeing her on Saturday, so I was like, I'll just leave it. That's grand. I'll get the key, right. spare key off you then. Um, And I wish I got it off her during the week because I would love to get my hair cut. So I'm going to have to do that tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a prisoner of hell. <laughs> I said, like, luckily there's no fucking fire. Or I'd have to just, like, climb out the window or something. Wow. Yeah. Tough wood. Touch wood, yes, right. Like, because the dryer's on downstairs and I'm recording this upstairs, <laughs> so I have to go out the window and touch wood. Um, okay, so our weekly topic this week is all about toxic workplaces. Um, I suppose bad jobs are included in that, any horrible co workers that you've ever had. Um, so the definition or common signs of a toxic workplace are employees feeling constantly unhappy, stressed, and overwhelmed. Employees work on much longer hours than their employment contracts said would be necessary. Teams filled with toxic employees who facilitate awesome gossip and bad behaviour. Poor communication and poor leadership coming from higher ups. And workers suffering from a lack of sleep due to the amount of work they have on their plate. So that's just a little kind of what could be classified as a toxic workplace. So we're going to go into our personal examples. And we'll start off with that, so mine are like themes of things like i've seen it a couple of times like they're not like overly specific so my first one is people who 
like insist on doing things like the most bollock and awkward way and then mm-hmm. they burn about being stressed and I'm like if you would literally just take a wee minute and think like is this the best way to do this absolutely not we would all be a lot happier so like I know one girl in particular like I used to work with her and like anytime you would like take work off her you would do stuff for her be like oh you have to do it this way and like she would show you and you'd be like that is literally the daftest fucking way to do that like why I would even go and she was always stressed and always like so up to high dough and like you know whenever people are like that it like stresses you out and you're like oh it's, like it's not on here and then like you'd see like the way they were doing stuff and it was so awkward but if you pointed that out they'd be like oh no no it has to be done this way and you're like it fucking doesn't though like still getting it done just quicker and fucking easier it's almost like people like that like you give them the best advice which is what normal people do but they want to defy you yeah, like, no. I'm not ready yeah. to tell me what to do. I, I sometimes think people just love to be, like, stressed. Well, like, there's some people, yeah. like, in office life, like, you just see them and they're always, like, in a flap about something. You're like, mate, like, nobody's going to die here. Like, calm down. We're not yeah. in a hospital. Like, Jesus Christ. Um. So, yeah, like, just people who, like, just insist on doing things, like, really awkwardly and they're always in a flap. But, like, whenever you tell them, they don't, don't want to know. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, do you need to do it my awkward way? Like, that's all I know. So, yeah, that's, like, one kind of thing, like, I always see in, like, office life, and I'm, like, oh, so toxic. I have toxic people. Second one I have is, like, managers who are, like, Jekyll and Hyde. Like, you never know what oh. mood they're going to be in. Like, you know, one day you'll get them in the bill and I see nice, and you're, like, oh, they're dead on. And then, like, another day it's, like, a completely different person. Uh-huh. You're, like, how, how does this even happen? Like, how can you get on, like, an absolute psycho and not even realize it or like let on because yeah. like, everybody gets a bit cross and all like do you ever get days and you're like a bit hungry you're like you just mm-hmm. you'd be a bit snappy with somebody and you're like oh i smell maybe a bit of a dick to them like you would go on your way to be nice to them or like you would say oh sorry i was in a bad mood that day like didn't mean to be snappy with you whereas mm-hmm. you're just constantly like up and down and you're like <laughs> why am i putting up with your mood swings like i don't sign up yeah. for Eat some bread, maybe you'll calm down. I never But yeah, that's another thing. Like I've seen that so much. Like, yeah, it's like oh, managers. Like you're kinda of wondering like what side of the bed they got out of that day and you're like tiptoeing around them to wait and uh-huh. see. And it's like like why am I dating you're in bad moods? Like this is not what I signed up for. Uh-huh. Um another one is people who take like weeks and months to make a decision on something and then by the end you don't even care you're like this mm-hmm. moved on no one's even arsed like we had a manager like one time at my old team and he would go to her about something like really simple yes or no answer like really doesn't need that much thought and she'd be like oh I need to go away and think about that and then she'd come back to you two weeks later and be like oh I think you should do this and you'd be like it's fucking dead like it's been and gone like no one cares anymore like like people people's inability to make a friggin' decision on anything like toxic get them out um yeah i think that's it though but i will say though like toxic comes from everywhere because like i see it all levels because there's like more junior people in like my office and like some of them like the younger ones who are just like coming in like the grads and school and stuff like, there's no fucking pleasing them. Like, there's nothing you can do on planet Earth. Like, they always are burning about something. Mm-hmm. 
like so yeah i think it comes from all angles like managers like higher ups and like low down people because it's like oh people are so unhappy blah 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 but like i know people who literally like you couldn't blame them you could offer them like a million pound and they'd be like they would find something wrong with you know that one yeah. yeah so yeah that's my themes of like things that i was thinking of i was like what have i seen that i think mm-hmm. it's like and i'm like that come like that kind of stuff comes out all the time like and i'll offer yeah. this I mean, I should have prefaced the start of this by saying that the four of us predominantly have worked in a corporate background. Yeah. Um, so our examples are going to be based around office kind of life. I mean, some of us have worked in retail and hospitality, so we could throw in examples of that. But the main basis will be corporate lifestyle and office-based work as well. So yeah. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Saz, what are yes, your examples? I have examples of places that I've worked that were toxic and one actually is a hospitality um establishment uh-huh. so it was my second ever job I was doing it during uni and it was a restaurant it was a family-run restaurant so the son ran the bar downstairs the sister ran the restaurant upstairs and the daddy was the head chef uh-huh. but whenever I was doing my interview with the son he said to me he was like look we don't hire girls because we can't deal with the way my daddy treats them he was like, are you sure you want to come and work here? And I was like, well, fuck, I need experience. Like, <laughs> I was like, how bad can it be? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's grand. So like, you literally, whenever you come in for your shift, so the kitchen was upstairs um, where the restaurant was. And before you started your shift, you had to go and say hello to the father who was the head chef in the kitchen because if he seen you later on that night and you had already started your shift, he, he would go through you, but you hadn't come and like, announced yourself to him or something I don't know what the fuck it was um he was just it was mental and then it was just like the son and the daughter they were very like kind of they weren't as bad as the daddy but they were very stern people like they were very they took no shit um and there was different times in the restaurant you could hear the daddy shouting at the servers because a lot of the times the fellas would say to me like sir look we'll go in and out of the kitchen as much as we can you like stay out as much as you can so you don't have to go near him um but you would hear him screaming at them from the restaurant floor like it was so embarrassing to like like because you could see the people the customers going like what the hell's going on there but um yeah so that was that one and then another one that you'll be very familiar with kevin (laughs) Um, Mm and this was more so it was a toxic manager so Mm mm-hmm uh, so like our team got on <laughs> so well. We're all still friends now. Um, <laughs> we like it's so weird because it was the best place that I've ever worked. The best team of people, but this manager hated the fact that we all got on so well. And like surely as a manager, that's the dream. Like you've no hassle with your team. You've no like anything. But she hated, like literally despised the fact that we all got on and would try and turn us against each other. Um. But in general, we realized she was just a bitter and twisted person in her personal life and her work life. So, you know, bitter is the correct just, word. Uh, like, maybe Slayer as well. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like that. Like, I've, I have never met someone as hateful as her. Like, and her breast stank, which was also another thing, which was just, oh, that was another <laughs> running joke. <laughs> it was funny because everybody kind of knew this. And then whenever somebody knew it started, it was like, waiting until you seen that person smell her breath for the first time because you'd see their face 
<laughs> I'll never forget the first time I smelt it, honestly. I never was writing my notes on this. I, I, I nearly smelt it again. It's like I can't talk to them. <laughs> the talk, the breath but, of that note. Oh, honestly, she was eating her own toxicity because that smell was fine. <laughs> <laughs> but like the way the atmosphere would change when she walked in was mm. just something else. Like where our desk was, you could see who was coming down the stairs and anytime you'd see her feet coming along mm-hmm. you like we would all shout to each other oh such and such is coming and um, there's a lot of other things to the story about this manager but I'm not really getting into those because I don't want to get in trouble and um, but yeah so that was that place so it was a toxic manager there and um, and then the last one I had was it's probably the worst job I've had so it was actually after that place of work and um, the first red flag was that they completely advertised the job as something that it wasn't. Um, but the nature of the job was kind of horrendous. Um, and there was a high turnover of staff. Like it just, you know, it was one of those environments. But the managers had their clear favourites and they, would, they wouldn't they would hide that like in the office. And it was like, it was a small office at most. There'd be maybe 20 odd people in the one time. Uh-huh. Um, but they like, they made it known who their favourites were and like give them, actively give them better clients shall we say and like give them more awards and like you know um benefits that there was um and then there was another manager who wasn't my direct manager but he loved to micromanage so like one example of my dealings with them was that my manager was off and he was like checking in on our team while she was off and one day I like I would normally work over like I would start early I would work end up working over my lunch I would work past like finishing time and one day there was just nothing left to do so I clocked off two minutes early and the next day I came in and we were on our team call and everybody was like oh my god did you see the email from such and such saying about like people logging off early I wonder who it was so I checked my emails and I had that email but I also had a separate email from him going the Microsoft Teams report told me or says that you logged off at 28 minutes past five can you explain why you left two minutes early I wasn't made aware of this prior that like you had any appointments or anything and I was like are you all right I told I I said this then in the team meeting and there was fucking uproar like everybody was just like what the hell so I just didn't reply to it and when my manager came back she actually replied to it oh because he had copied her in and my manager replied to it and goes Sarah works longer than she's supposed to there's no explanation required from this it was the one and only time she actually did anything to stand up for me mm. but um yeah no it was it was just a horrendous place to work it was a horrendous job in general the week before i left six people left that's Cheater. the kind of high turnover you have like mm. that's, that's <laughs> but, yeah. a, a key sign of a toxic workplace high turnover Exactly. But I, it was like a filler job for me. It was because I was made redundant from the other one and I just needed something mm. during COVID. So, but yeah, that was my example. Fab. Thank you. Okay, Shanice. Now, I will preface this that Shanice works in HR, so she should have loads of examples. Right. Some of them, I don't even think I could repeat well. Um <laughs> What? <laughs> Alright, so just as was from my personal experience, really, it really kind of centers around one sort of major employment <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that I had, to be honest. So um all these stories will relate to that really. So first of all, 
the blame game. People can't take accountability for when they make a mistake and they mm-hmm. try and pass it off onto everyone else. So it's just something I can't understand because I'm like, we're all adults. Everyone has their own job to do. Everyone should know what they're doing because, you know, you allegedly passed an interview to get in. So you should mm-hmm. have the skills and experience to do your job and have accountability for it. Mm-hmm. If you fuck up, say you fucked up and we'll find a solution, you know, to try and sort it out. But mm-hmm. I would have found my last place, there was quite a lot of different departments and you might have had like interdepartmental working groups and stuff like that there. And certain teams would have tried to say, well, I didn't know that, that I wasn't supposed to do that. That was supposed to be HR, et cetera, et cetera. And you'd be like, well, I didn't know that was your job. So stop trying to pass that off. So that's something that I, I really can't deal with. And I find that happens a lot in organizations. People just don't want mm. to take like fair enough, you know, nobody wants to be blamed for something. But I mean, if it was part of your job and you messed up, like we're only human. People uh-huh. make mistakes. Uh-huh. It's fair. Uh-huh. And like Mel said, you know, like us, we're not working in a hospital. Nobody's going to die. You know, it's like mistakes can be fixed. There's no reason yeah. to make a big flap about it. Pass it off. Yeah, that's why you should always never like agree to something over the phone. It always do it in written communication. So you always have it to, like, there we go, fuck you. You've got your receipts. Yeah. When you, when you can prove someone wrong. I was like, oh, uh, uh, please see attached. I've seen a meme and it was like, oh, being accused of not sending an email must be what it feels like to win a duel. Pretty forward in the email. I've been like, actually, I sent it on this date. Or have you ever. Have you ever sent an email? And goes, please say attach, but like you forget to attach the attachment. <laughs> but you realize, and you're like, oh, here it is. <laughs> you don't have to wait for them to come back. They're like, so angry. They're like, please say attach. And you're like, I attached it. Because <laughs> sometimes, like if I realize straight away, I'll try and recall the email. You know, if they haven't yeah. opened it yet, you can get it back. But if not, then it's the shame. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm trying to be all snarky, and then I forget to attach the file. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, so something that I'd seen quite a lot of as well, especially being, I suppose, within HR, was um, managers would try to do a lot to recruit new staff. So if um, new people were coming in, they would offer them a higher wage than, say, existing members of the team that have been there longer and that have been there like holding the fort, essentially, if they've been short-staffed. Mm-hmm. So to me that is quite a toxic environment to be in because the new staff then you know if they know because people talk about their salaries as much as like you know we you know hr team wouldn't talk about Mm -hmm. people's salaries with other people staff themselves talk about their salaries so then it gets out such and such is only in the door and they're Mm -hmm. on five grand higher than me and i'm doing the exact same job so it doesn't exactly foster good working relationships and i find that can be really toxic because fair enough you need to recruit staff you know to keep the business going but you also need to retain your long serving staff that have been there that have the knowledge and skills Mm -hmm. and have actually been supporting the organization for a long time so i find that can be foster quite a toxic Mm -hmm. environment really yeah you'll know more about this you need working in hr but i would automatically assume that recruitment costs are a lot more than retention costs so I don't understand why an organization doesn't put more money into retention than they do rec- recruitment. I, but I mean, within, 
I suppose that's more so a lot of places will advertise a job at a scale and yes. a lot of people come in and will try and negotiate a higher point in the scale yeah and and that's where it goes awry because if you're already in position a lot of places won't let you negotiate when you're in three years mm-hmm. you know they'll just say no you move up every year or whatever it is if you're annual increment we don't just allow you to move up a salary band for no reason right. whereas they're saying when you start your post that is your chance to negotiate a higher starting salary but that's that's so unfair that is so toxic uh, it's not fair it really isn't because i just think well because i've seen places they've lost all of their long-serving staff and so um, everyone that's in post now none of them have longer service in six months and the whole department's yeah. falling apart because yeah, and the higher management then regret their choices then yeah and like i get you know they're like oh we can't do one thing for you and not do it for somebody else but i'm like you, you need to really be thinking about your rationale behind that because you know i i've seen people they lose like maybe four people like experienced mm-hmm. people within the space of six months and yeah. then they're bloggered because they've no one to do the work mm-hmm. and then they're paying more money for other people to come in they can't do the work because <laughs> they need people to stay yeah. that's why they're high. giving them more money Aye, but then the people aren't staying because there's no experienced staff to train them and show them what to do and then they're just being given all the difficult work and then they're like well why would i stay for this and then mm-hmm. they so it's a vicious circle yeah just off the back of that i seen a tiktok video and i will i'll send it to you guys or i'll post it in the story whatever but it was he's like a tiktoker and people he must work in hr or something but he, people send him like their email chains from them and their boss or hr or whomever it is so again what you're saying people were discussing salaries and this person was like look this person's coming after me they don't do as much work as i do i bring more clients into the company um I'm, I'm really annoyed like can we set up a meeting to discuss you know salary expectations and you know like an increase and stuff like that and the boss just comes back and goes you're like you you're, you're paid for what you get this person's coming after you they have said what they're going to bring they've negotiated their salary there's nothing we can do the person then writes back and goes well this is my notice this is my month notice um you know, I'll continue to work to a high standard for the next month, but after that, I'm gone. Yeah. And then the boss writes back and goes, you can't hand in your notice. How dare you do this to me? Um, I need you. You're one of the, like, one of the most viable team members to the company. Um, You need to do three months notice because you need to train up the your next successor. All like, this bullshit. And the person was like, the person actually CC'd in HR and was like, hi, like Amanda or something. Um, can you please tell the boss um that I have a month's notice? Here's my hand and the contract all out there, and then it's like fuck you, basically. Yeah. So, but that's so true. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I always say this: a job is a job. Like when I was younger, and we'll get to my examples later. When I was younger, I thought, oh my god, a job's everything. Like you need to earn money, and it's, you know. It depends on your financial situation. I completely understand that. But at the same time, money is not the most... Money pays your bills and money, you know, gets you your food and whatever. But money's not the most important thing in the world. Your mental health is, your health, your sanity is. And if you're going into a job like that every day, in the long run, you're going to break. Definitely. So you need to kind of... You need to have the viewpoint of a job to job. There will always be jobs out there. I mean, you can go and deliver a post or you can work on a chippy in the meantime until you get like a job that you want to be back in again. If you really need the money, you can get, you can earn any amount of money. Like 
deliver parcels for every or you know you can do something to earn any little bit of money you can so it's, it's easy to sit and sit here and like go leave and leave and leave you know what I mean but you really have to weigh that up yourself and it's individualistic isn't it it depends on each person So Sinead, you can continue. Are you sure you're going to I like talking back and forth. So when you throw an example, I'm like, okay, we can we can discuss it. You don't have to list it off. Like. I know, but I'm just saying you were talking a bit of a tangent. Sorry. We Like, Okay, so my examples don't matter. That's all right. I'll just like... No, your examples do matter. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Right, anyway, now I'm like, what was I going to say? I feel like this is a toxic workplace. <laughs> <laughs> well, me, 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 me. <laughs> me and Sal just come to her not in the middle here. Okay, so let me see. Okay, all right, so I suppose off the back of like recruiting staff and stuff, if uh, workplaces are really short staffed, and I suppose they, they constantly expect the existing staff to pick up the slack and deal with the mess basically that's left. Uh-huh. They don't give them any recognition for that. Uh-huh. And, and like that just really fosters bad feeling then because you're uh-huh. like, well, they don't care about me. They're not supporting me. So I'm just going to do a half ass job. And then it puts the company at risk depending on what it is you do for a living. Uh-huh. You know, so I, I just feel like... There needs to be more recognition for the staff that you have and the commitment that, that they have to your organization. Do you mean money or would you be happy with like a, like a reward or something? Well, like most places give you money. Like people always say like non-monetary like awards, you know, or um, but I'm like, like what is that really? Because yeah. even an extra day's annual leave is technically like monetary because it's uh-huh. costing the organization something. So I'm like, to me, it revolves around money. Like yeah. essentially, that's what it does. Give people a raise, give them an extra days leave, even give them a half day. Like just be like, look, I really appreciate everything you've been doing for us. Take this extra time. Yeah, or you know, something sense. like that. There, because I'm just like, I don't want the fucking bad saying like, best employee. <laughs> you know, <laughs> give me something I can use. <laughs> Sorry to bring it back to me, but um, I find that. <laughs> I get in the um in a cupboard recently from a job that me and Saz both worked at, and it was like um a as... woe award. A what was it? Sorry, a woe award. Do you yes. remember those? Uh, yes, well, re- woe reward, well reward. Um, and it was like, oh, we acknowledge that Kevin O'Connor is like a vital member of the team, and we'd be lost without him. I'm like, well, we'd be lost without me. Can you increase my pay, please? Like, I'm fucking. Sorry. I know. I'm I you still have it. Why do you still have it? I don't know why. I must have been like, I think they must have done something for you, Jim. Well, yeah, and then I find it's like, fuck it, and the bin don't care anymore. <laughs> like, Ridiculous. Like, like, give, as you say, Sinead, money is the best thing. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, they say, like, you know, um, money doesn't make you happy or whatever. And I'm like, well, fucking don't. Actually, I could do stuff with that money. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it definitely helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I like I suppose like another sign then of um one of you guys mentioned it was it Saz or Mel about um constantly working extra hours to try and meet your deadlines and so you know if the if the workload's mm. too high 
but you're like, oh shit, I need to get it done because if I don't, it's only going to add to the next day and to the next day. So you're constantly starting early, finishing late. And again, nobody really cares. They're just like, oh, like they'll say, oh, now you should be logging right. off on time right. and stuff. But then they'll also be like, why did I not have that report? What, what, why is that not done? Yeah. And so to me, if you're not able to get your work done within your working hours, there's a problem and that needs to be reviewed. You know, unless you're just arsing about or you just can't manage your day. Right. But otherwise, right. like your job duties should be able to be completed within your allocated hours each day. You shouldn't have to work over and above. And it's different, you know, there's a big project or something and they ask you to work extra hours and they're going to pay you for that. To me, that's totally different mm -hmm. compared to you just every day thinking, shit, I need to keep logging on early because we're down two team members and they need to keep going. Like, the organization doesn't care about you. They'll still carry on. Mm -hmm. Like, if you leave the next day, they'll, they'll mm -hmm. just carry on. So it doesn't really mm -hmm. matter. So I'm like, there's no point working yourself to the ground. And I know I've done it. Like, in, in places that I've been working, stayed on or like if I was meant to work nine to five I would have been in work for half seven leaving at half six like trying mm -hmm. to get my daily tasks done yeah and just it's just it's not feasible because then you just burn yourself out mm. and then it gets to the point where you're like I don't care <laughs> what are you going to do fire me <laughs> but you were younger then and you were like trying to build experience in your career and I think now you I think in any job, once you get to that point of fuck it, I don't care, that's going to be you now forever. And that's your viewpoint on a job. It's a job. Yeah. Right, but there's no, there's no point just saying younger people do it because Kevin, I would have been doing that last year at this stage too. No, no, no. I, I don't, it, it makes no difference what age you are. It just depends mm -hmm. on your mind frame at the time. I think it doesn't mm -hmm. matter what age you are. Like, regardless, like, you'll work and do it if you feel like you need to at that time or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I you just hit that stage where you're like, no, yeah, like you got a point where you realize that you're a number. Like you could be getting yeah. a boss tomorrow, and they would be like posting your job. Like yeah. it's not exactly. It's not that you're the center of the universe. Like they would literally replace you like in a week if you got that yeah. boss side. Like 100%. after I got that email from that manager about logging off two minutes earlier, I was like, I will never be on a minute before I'm supposed to be on or on a minute after I'm supposed yeah. to be on and I took all my lunches and all and I've continued that in job since and I was I think that was my wake-up call I was just like what are you doing yeah and it's, it's so strange I think if COVID didn't happen we wouldn't have been so aware of all of this I think COVID happened and we were so used to a slower not a slower pace of working but we were working from home and you know we were able to like do chores and you know do other things that revolved around didn't revolve around work during our work day and I think now when we're going back into that it's like you know we've had that freedom in a way of like a work-life balance and I don't think you're able to to put yourself back in that box so that's why I think more people are waking up and now talking what we're talking about, a, a job is a job. Yeah, yeah. True. I think that's the key. People have were able to have some work life balance, mm -hmm. and now they're like, "What was I doing before? Like, what was I?" Exactly. Yeah. No. Hope we're very wise, aren't we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. It is a new world. Like people have more flexibility Definitely. with their work life now, and mm. that's the way it should be. Because like, we shouldn't just be working most of our lives. You should be living it. So. But anywho, we'll get down a rabbit hole. But um, okay, so I'm, ne I'm nearly finished. So um, you guys were talking about toxic managers. Um, 
and this was one of my examples. This wasn't my direct line manager, but they would have been a senior member of my team. And it's, you know, if somebody asks you to do uh -huh. something and like they're really bad at explaining it. And I would, and you know, when somebody would finish explaining it and be uh -huh. like, you know what I mean? I'd just be like, no, I don't. Like, can you just explain that again? Because I have no idea what you're talking about. Then explain it. I'd, I'd go away with like, okay, right. This is what they're asking me to do. I've checked it with them. They said, that's what they want. Go away and do all the work. And then you come back and they're like, that's not what I asked you to do. And I'm like, well, no, it is. I that, is exactly, that is exactly what you've asked me to do because such and such was there when you told me. And that's what you said. And then, no, 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 that, that's definitely, you need to go away and do all that again. And I'm like, well, first of all, if you had explained yourself properly the first time, or I'm like, I'm sure you did, but now in between times, you've changed your mind of what you've wanted, but uh -huh. haven't relayed that to me. So I spent all this time doing this work, and now you're just going to put me under extra pressure again, having to go and redo work that was perfectly fine in the first instance, because that's what you asked for, but now you've changed your mind. But in their head, they've done nothing wrong, because they're like, yeah. oh, in their head, they're like, no, 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 I, that's definitely not what I asked you to do, but it was. And to me, that's so toxic. Yeah. So agreed i've definitely had this too one of my like jekyll and hyde managers i like will never forget it there was like a thing i was doing with him for a couple of weeks and like you would go on a call with him in the morning and he'd be like oh i want a b and c and blue and then you would you would go and do it like it's not like i'm stupid like you know i've been like, in with somebody saying i can take an instruction never had an issue with it before so he'd be like oh i want a b and c and blue you would go away and do it and then he put a call in at the end of the day and you'd show him and he'd be like, I wanted X, Y, Z and red. Like, why have you done? And he'd be like, That's not what I wanted. Like, exactly like you said, Shane. And I was like, it's literally what you asked. But yeah. then I started getting really annoyed with it. There was about three days of this. And I was like, I'm fed up with this. It's not me. Like, I'm being fucking gaslit here. So then mm -hmm. I started, like, questioning everything. I was like, right, so you want this here and that there. And you want this here. And, you know, you want this done that, that way and blah, blah, blah. And then they started getting pissed off at that. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm not repeating myself. And, oh, told you what to do. And I was like, no, you can't have it always here. Cannot have it always. It's either you're going to answer my 20 million questions or you're going to actually explain yourself properly. Like, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And then, so I just have two more. So, and uh, something else that I think is really toxic is, you know, the way I say you've had like really good, like a really good team, really good function and a couple of people leave. And uh -huh. then when they leave, other members of staff start to slag off their work that they've done and so anything that goes wrong now they're like oh no that that's them that was such and such that was such oh, and such right. yeah, yeah. and i'm just like i i'm like i really don't like that because in your head then you're like well that's what they're going to do if i leave you know they're just going to start blaming me for everything but like they would say it to other departments you know like oh that was such and such and um, but they've left now you know and all this mm -hmm. type of thing and i'm just like well, like in your head then you're like you're really trying to cover your back but obviously you yeah. want to work to a high standard anyway but then that'll always be in the back of your head so yeah, you, I, but I feel like, like you're maybe yeah. not your job it comes back to accountability where you were saying like no one wants to be blamed so they think the easier thing to do is I'm going to blame someone who's no longer in the company but I just don't like it because I've said it happened quite a lot of times and I'm like when these people were part of the team they were really valued members uh -huh. of the team so it's not like that they were shit at their job but as soon as they leave, now they've become shit at their job. It's because yeah. the people who are still there are probably the problem. And they were like, well, I'm just going to say it's them. But then sooner or later, that, that excuse is going to run out. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. It's more, you know, certain members of, say, senior management 
they take it really thick when somebody says they're leaving. So they kind of like blacklist you yeah. almost. And that your card's marked from then on until you leave type of thing. But you it brings back the problem. It's like, it's if there are, are a number of people continuously leaving, it's not the team that's the problem. It's you that are the problem. So you need to wake up and don't blame them anymore. You need to deal with the fact that it's you. I think oh. that's the basis of these issues. 100%. And I, I feel like I've talked for a very long time. So I'm going to wrap it up. So my last one is just from working in HR. The amount, of, the amount of petty grievances that I have seen, like, of people just in the workplace. <laughs> like, it is absolutely astonishing. <laughs> I, I, in my head, I'm just like, why can people not just come to work and do their job and get on with it? Like, you don't need to have uh-huh. petty, like, battles between other staff members that, you know, like... um. Uh, Saz came into work today and she didn't speak to me and she didn't speak to me the day before and she didn't speak to me the day before that but she spoke to Mel <laughs> Do you know what? Is that something somebody would go to HR about? Yeah, I've had this before as a grievance They give loads of stupid examples yeah. of when this person oh has ignored them and all this type of thing They were trying to frame it as bullying um, and all this type of thing But the funny thing was we met with a person about it and they were like, oh, I didn't speak to them. I don't need to speak to them. <laughs> well, right though, you don't need to speak to them. <laughs> I do. I do. They were like, they were like, I'll speak to them about work, but I'm not for speaking to them to see how their weekend was. That person is my icon. <laughs> that person was Kevin. That's going to be me. Like I tell you, when I get job, I'm going to be like having all these complaints about me, and like I have no grievances. I'll tell them to fuck off. I don't care if I leave the job. Like I, you know, you're not like they fuck off. I'm like fuck off. I don't care about your kids. What did you do? You can say fuck off. You can just say, look, I don't really have an interest in this type of conversation. Like I'll, I'll chat to you about work. That's it. Yeah, I'll just give the fingers under the desk. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, that's me. I have a story. So I'll just, off the back of what your story was, I um used to work in a job and I had a manager and sometimes when I went into work, I wasn't quite awake yet because I don't like people at the best times, especially on a Monday. So you have to go through that like, how was your weekend bullshit? And I went about oh, yeah. my, my task. <laughs> I went about my task that morning and... In the job I used to have, we had, like, before Teams was a thing, we had, like, Skype, and it was, like, used to IM them for, like, instant messaging about something. And this manager messaged me and goes, is there something wrong? Like, you didn't say good morning back to me. And I was just like, I'm sorry, I'm not with it. Like, I thought I did say good morning, but if I didn't, I'm sorry. But they made a big issue out of it, and I was like, even if I didn't want to say good morning, like, fuck off, I'm doing my job. I don't have to be personable with you. Like it just winds right. me up. Like, and this, I could talk a million things about coworkers and things like that, but yeah, I don't want to say too much. <laughs> but anyways, um, are we all froze? We all look froze. No, I'm moving. Can you all see me move? Yeah. Oh, sure. So, so I was blinked. <laughs> I love her eyes are moving. Oh no! Okay, okay, good. Everyone froze for me. I think it's okay. You're uh, back. It's all wondering. good. So I, I'm gonna <laughs> speak about my career 
<laughs> um, and just go through a little. I don't really have like broad statements. I have specific stories, um, but I obviously won't name people. Um, I don't want to lose it. Anyways, um, so I started off my career in the hospitality industry. I did a degree in international hospitality management. That's how I met Saz. And in one of my first jobs, I worked oh. as a waiter. <laughs> Never looked back since. <laughs> I know. Um, one of my first jobs, I worked as a waiter or slash barman. And I I think I said this in the first very first episode of the podcast as a hospitality story, but I'm just gonna say it again. Um, the hospitality industry is a very toxic place to work in terms of you don't really have a social life, your hours are all over the place, you're going in at evening time to do a shift and then you're back first thing in the morning to do a breakfast shift mm. or the same in reception or wherever you're working in the hospitality industry it's it's not good and like um this first story that i think i told in the podcast it was about a woman who wanted a particular table when there was a disabled woman in the table already she expected me to take mm-hmm. the disabled woman off the table so she could have that specific table and she goes i know the general manager of this place um, and I will be reporting you as I gone ahead. My name's Kevin. Like I, the talks that like that's just toxic to me. It's like the general public are horrible people. And there was another time where the general manager, um, changed of this place, and it was a woman who I don't, I did not like, and it was a very busy breakfast shift on a Sunday, and it was me and one other person. And we were both in the restaurant serving people their fries and all that there. And it was chock-a-block. And there was a function happening with like lorry drivers in like the meeting room. And we were expected on top of all that to take down like tea and biscuits and all that there. But we did not get a minute. So it must have been like 20 minutes and these people were waiting on their tea and biscuits, the lorry drivers. And she came into the kitchen to shout at me and the other co-worker. Like she actually screamed at us, this general manager. Like, are we sick? Are we stupid? Now, I, I was 18 at the time and I bit my tongue because I was like, okay, I'm not going to, you know, lose my job over this. So mm-hmm. I went and tucked the tea and biscuits down. And at the same time as doing that, the lorry drivers were like skitting me saying, oh, how long does it fucking take to make tea? Blah, blah, blah. All this. I had to bite my tongue. And when the restaurant manager came in, I handed my notice and I was like, I'm done. So even back then, I was like, strong ass bitch. I'm not staying in a job where people treat you like this. Yeah. Um, and it was a fucking minimum wage job at 18 years old. I think it was on 4.98 now or at the time, like fucking over 12 years ago. Fucking shit. To be dealing with that was awful. And in my head, what I wanted to say to that fucking fat little plump bitch was, um, excuse me. If you have the time and the energy to stand there shouting at me, you have the time and the energy to pour some fucking tea and grab some box, box of biscuits. I wish back out when you think back, I wanted to say that to her, but when you're young, you're like, I hate this job, I hate this experience, the money, blah, blah, blah. So over the years, I've learned throughout my career, I'm not going to do that shit. And go back to that screen back to her and walk out. But I had some interest in and I worked my four weeks and never. Back, so. Yeah, it was kind of hard to hear you. I don't know if I'm the only one, but it's very mumbly there. Mine's like you're on the phone. Oh, sorry. Is it all right? Is it there. Yeah, it's better not. I'm hoping everyone heard my story. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 
Oh, we can make what you were saying. Talking too fast. Okay, that was my very first job. And then I left. And then I was a student. And then I didn't really work for a while. And then I got my first job um, while in uni. It was a placement. And if you know me, you'll be able to work out where I was. And I will say that was probably the most toxic place I have ever, ever worked in. And it was another hospitality position. And the stories I have, um, so it was, I was there in June 2013 to September 2014. And... So lot. I've lost her. She'll come back in, don't worry. Um, so yeah, it was one of the most toxic places. And a few stories that I have is... Um, I called in sick in the January 2014 um, and I had a sick note from the doctors but they didn't accept it. I said, legally, I am permitted for the time off and I had booked a week holiday at the end of January so I should have got two weeks off and I would have got a week sick pay and a week holiday. They paid me the sick pay because they had to but they never kept my holidays um, so I didn't get paid for a week. I um, I was I'm not sticking up for them, but a lot of places, if they have like an absence procedure, a lot of places don't allow you to take annually following a period of sickness in case you're still sick, and then you're just like using your annual leave to cover sick leave because that's what your annual leave's for. But the holiday was booked like months previous, then. Oh no, I know, but some people are weird about that. Well, this HR manager was a console, whatever I'll just call it that. So they didn't believe that. So I had to go in the week that I was meant to be on holiday. Okay. Um, so I was actually vomiting and had diarrhea while I was in work and they did not let me go home. So what I did was I coughed all over the HR desk, fuck woman's desk, and hopefully she got sick out of it. So if you want to be toxic to me, I'll be toxic to you. I can't believe you went down. That's so unlike you. I know, but at the time, it was placement for university. I was like, I fucking have to get through this. I have to pass it. So you had to deal with the shit. You should have booked on the front desk. <laughs> Didn't think there was a toilet nearby, so I just ran to that. But I was like, no, shit. No, but I make a statement and been like, oh, I'm so, like, it just came on me. I'm so sick. Oh, I know, I should have. But like, I just went into her desk and coughed to deliver that, and she can fuck herself, to be honest. Um, so because of placement, I was moving about quite a bit in the hotel. Um, so I went into the housekeeping department and there was a housekeeping manager there who was down and outright racist. She was also part of the Orange Lodge. That just says it all to me. Um, she was an English member of the Orange Lodge, which is even worse in my opinion. Um, is it like that, And Well, apparently over here they do. So when I rang in sick, I rang in sick like a, a, another time that I actually went on a night out. Um, and rang in sick because I woke up drunk, couldn't go in. Um, but I went in the next day, it was only one day off, and she tried to get me in trouble with the deputy general manager. Um, and we had a meeting, the three of us, and they were both like to me, did you go out last the night before last? And I was like, no. I just said I had a bug, like I was sick and, you know. And their words to me were... If you're lying to us, we will find out. And I like, was like, Are you, mama? Yeah. I was like, 
find out then? Like, how are you going to find out? Because they had a mole who was cocksucking the DGM, who had me on social media, who would have told all this information, but legally they can't do that, can they? Well, what can they do? So that was that. Um, And the DGM actually said to me, he was like, you come in here, you've been here six months, and you act all shy. And you act all like together when you're in work. But outside work, socially, we know you're a party animal and you're outgoing. And again, I didn't say nothing because that that just shows the toxicity there. I was like, I don't need to show you who I really am in a place of work. If I come in and I do my fucking job, that is all you need to know about me. You know, you don't need to know what I do in my personal life. And you do not need to. As long as I show up, and well, that time I didn't, but as long as I show <laughs> up and do my job, you can't say shit to me about my personality. And ever, like since I was younger, in my younger years, I've learned all this. It's like, I'm going to go in, and this is why I'm like, you don't need to know about how my weekend was. You don't need to learn this about me. I come in, I do my job, fuck off. Um, Very true. Okay. So that's that. Um. On top of that, they tried to make us do split shifts. So you would come in in the morning, work four hours, go home. You would come back in in the evening, do another four hours. Do you think Kevin O'Connor did that? That was one thing I actually spoke up about. I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm in now. I'm going home after me at hours. Bye-bye. Um, they used to make you do 12 days in a row shifts, working with one day off. And then you would come back in for another five. So that was totally illegal. But because they had such a high staff turnover... That's what they had to do. Because again, staff weren't staying. They had to rely on the staff that were there. Um, I didn't actually know this. That was the law until after. So on an eight-hour shift, you're meant to get a 30-minute lunch break and then a 15-minute break Um, separate to that. And we only ever got a 30-minute lunch break. We were never got the 15 minutes after that. And I didn't know that until we left. That was a legal requirement. And... Sometimes it was that busy or they didn't have enough staff to come back into the business that if you worked through your lunch, they deducted the 30 minutes off you anyway because you were meant to go clock off for your lunch with your fingerprint thing. So they just assumed that you forgot to do it and then you never got paid even though you worked through your lunch. Oh no, that's just not fair. That was just shady. This HR woman, she's an absolute cunt. Like, honestly, if I seen her again, I wouldn't fucking piss on her if she was on fire. And then she was sleeping with the GM as well. So that's how she kept her fucking job. And then he left. So she had no protection. And then she fucked off. It just really, really worries me. Like the standard of HR that's out there. Oh, I mean, this is not what we are. <laughs> this is cock. not what we are. <laughs> I know you're not that, but she was a cock sucking, cock sucking cunt. I needed to get her teeth fixed. I'm going evil now, but she actually fucking angers me that much. Um, okay, so that's all the stories I have of that place. Thanks. <laughs> um, we're going to take a little break because I need to pee. And Saz is struggling to get back in. So we'll be right back after this. And we are back. So that was my hospitality toxic jobs. So now I'm going into my corporate career um this is post graduating from university so I got my first I would say kind of grown up adult you know office job that's what I would assume not that hospitality jobs aren't grown up but you know corporate's more you feel more grown up in a corporate job um so 
I worked in this company and Saz also knows this company very well. <laughs> and um, I first started off there in reception and like back of house. And then I went on to do like kind of a reception kind of supervisor role, but it was called like a coordinator where you covered people's holidays, got temp staff and things like that. And then from that, I went on to do a facilities manager, office manager role in that in that career. And when I first started off in that job, um, as I said before, it was like Skype AM. And I got a message one day from um, an EA, which is an executive assistant. And she asked me to come to the office kitchen to pick up a dishwasher tablet that someone had dropped. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I was like, if you've seen it, no. why can't you pick that up yourself? So but I instantly got the vibe in this place when I worked there that there was like some sort of packing order. Yeah. And it was like, they're too good to do certain things. But they didn't know who they were talking to. So I didn't pick it up and it sat there for ages. But then I felt bad because if I didn't pick it up, then the cleaning ladies who came in in the evening time, they picked it up. So it's like... I either do it, stick up for myself, or I don't do it and someone else has to do it. it you know, that's the kind of struggle that you have. Um, it was also the back of house job to order like milk and fruit and stuff for the office, coffee beans, yada, yada, yada. Um, and there was a big issue with bananas in the particular office I worked at. Now, a lot of these people <laughs> are on salaries that we could only dream of. Um, I'm talking 80... 100,000, 250,000 salaries, things like that. And every single Monday, there would be a fruit delivery to this particular office. Now, there were bananas and plums and apples and you could, you know, heart's content. Um, And there was a particular team in this office um, who were looked after by this EA from the dishwasher. Um, and I got complaints as well as my manager every fucking Monday that they don't deliver enough bananas, but they deliver green apples. Too many of them, people don't eat them. So my manager was blue in the face and kept calling the fruit supplier and was like, can you just bring us more bananas and then you can take the apples off the order? But the fruit people never listened because it's bananas and apples. Who fucking cares what you get? Um, so they kept complaining. For the five years I was there, they complained every day about no bananas. And in my head, I was like, you're on the salary you are on and you can't go to this shop and buy a 50p banana. If you really want a banana, you group of fucking monkeys, you would have got some bananas yourself. It was like, why are you complaining over something so minute? Ridiculous. These type of people that worked in this organization were Karens who complained over everything. And when I went, this was like the first few months. And when I went down my time in this, I got used to these people and you kind of don't let them affect you. I remember there was, our organization was big into like your certain day. This day was di or dedicated to this and this day was dedicated to this. And a particular day was World Mental Health Day. Now, this is when I was the facilities manager of the office and I was told last minute that I needed to go that evening and buy like muffins and biscuits and things like that because we were going to have a coffee morning um, for Word Mental Health Day. Now, bear in mind Word Mental Health Day. 
So I went out of my own time, America, and my own money until I got the expenses back. And I had to pay for the the biscuits and things like that. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not paying a fortune. And it's last minute. I'm going to go. And I went and got a tub of family circle. I got Mr. Kipling buns. I got orange juice, things like that. And when the receptionist at the time brought all the stuff to the office kitchen, all we got were complaints over the selection of stuff that was brought. So they always had this thing where Manchester was the bigger office. Manchester gets this. Manchester gets that. I'm like, well, fucking go work in Manchester then. So the complaint, and I actually lost my shit at someone, which I regret doing, but I was at my wit's end because all I ever got in this job was complaints about it's too hot, it's too cold, and there were two people sitting beside each other. One was too hot, one was too cold. I'm like, take off your jumper and give it to fucking her. What can I do? <laughs> <laughs> so this particular day with the snacks and things like that, I someone said that and goes, well, Manchester got Chris Green donuts, and I literally said, go fucking get the donuts yourself then. And I cursed and I didn't care. And the HR never got involved, whatever. But I actually lost the plot where the EA, who brought up the dishwasher tablet, came up to check him and goes, are you okay? Are you any stress? And I just had to be a suffer. I was like, you and your team are the reason why I'm like this. I was like, there is no need for the level of like pettiness. I was like, there's people out there in the world who can't afford anything. And you're complaining over bananas. You're complaining over the fucking selection of biscuits you get. And her excuse was, well, we're just used to this level of ex- exuberance and I was like well then go get it yourself if you're used to it like and that that was the beginning for me of the end in that company I was like this is my way out now like there's and no point like most places like maybe might provide like your like tea bags or coffee or milk or something but that's mm-hmm. fucking earth stuff like every no, week. Anyway. it was just the level mm-hmm. that was set and because it was it was just unrealistic and if I ever had to work in a corporate environment again I would go in with the attitude that I have now and I just tell people how it is not doing it but the worst thing for me was so there was another complaint over like the coffee beans weren't as good as Manchester's but it was the exact same fucking coffee beans and the same machine everything it was just it was in their head like the stupid little shit and I actually said to my manager, who was in the Manchester office, and she goes, oh, we'll get them an espresso machine as well for the kitchen. So you know when you want backup and people don't back you up? It's like, this is the reason right. why these people are like this, because you don't have a backbone. Yeah. And I couldn't handle that. And I was like, yeah. I'm very, like, I'm very principled in a way. I'm just like, no, fuck off. Get this for free. Fucking just yeah. or go buy your own. You're on a good enough salary go fucking yeah. buy it yourself it was just toxicity left right that's now. definitely something i noticed like in mm. that organization they got a lot of stuff for free mm-hmm. like and got lots of treats like that like you said there was like sweet jars and all the floors things like that but the more you gave them the more they wanted and like mm-hmm. that the manager i had who was toxic she pandered to everything and spoiled them so much that they expected so much and then mm-hmm. she would come to us and complain about the stuff they were looking for uh-huh. but it was her fault because she pandered to them and was like yes I will yes we'll yeah. do this and all that there and then it fell on us to be the monks to go and do it all for them like be like slaves for them will you put your microphone to your mouth I'm really struggling to hear oh. you sorry right. can you That's... hear me better now <laughs> yes thank you um but yeah didn't you tell me a story one time because me and Saj used to am all the time bitching about this stuff <laughs> didn't you tell me somebody came to you looking for a specific type of spoon 
quite possibly the things that they would ask for yeah. was just ridiculous I remember so, so and someone came to the the desk to you and was like there's no more spoons left they were eating they were eating cereal and you find them a spoon it was a sip spoon and they goes no I need a cereal gosh, yes <laughs> she said that yeah like that's the level we're talking yeah. at here with these people yeah and also the same people you could not get them to put their dishes in the dishwasher. They would load up the sink and uh-huh. there'd be food and everything in the sink. They would leave it for the cleaners to come. No matter how many signs you put up or anything like that there, they were just, no, no. They, were, they were just disgusting people. They just, the thought people just, were their sleeves. Just... Yeah, literally. Literally. And I was like, I always said, like, I wouldn't like to see the states of their own home. Did they do it or did they get someone else they to clean up after them? No, they wouldn't leave their own home like that. Um, no, I know. That's, that's the thing. It just winds me up. It's like, no respect, no manners, no nothing. Um, so there were other examples where there were every day there was a constant team call or a constant meeting that could have been an email. And it was like, they just like to give off the impression that they were the big I am everyone comes to a meeting that I chair and it's a waste of time, but you're going to do it because I've said so when you could be getting on with other stuff. Yeah. Um, it was a very gossipy environment. Environment. They were, environment, they were all backstabbing. Um, you you kind of learned, and I'm sure Saj, you'll agree, you kind of learned who you could say stuff to and who you couldn't. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of people's noses would be out of joint if they weren't involved in a project or if you knew something that was going on in the office before they did, they would have such an issue with that. Um, people who've been there the longest, and I am talking about Saz's manager when I say this, got away with murder. Because uh, um, they knew that if they kicked up a fuss, that the company didn't want to deal with their fuss. So they got away with fucking murder. Um, what really kicked the bucket for me leaving, um, so this was during COVID um, 2020, the summer, we were told as facility managers that we have to reapply for our jobs and go through an interview process because apparently the role was changing, air quotes there. And... The only additional thing they were going to add was maybe a bit of financial stuff that would take training. So why do we have to re-interview for our jobs? So I, point blank, said I'm not doing that. And I had also heard that the Liverpool office was closing at this point, but I was never told. I heard it through the grapevine, and I'm glad I did. So I gave in my resignation, or resignation, whatever that word is, um, before I was told the office was closing. And I'm so glad I did because they were all like panicking who's going to help us close the Liverpool office. And at that point, I didn't care. I was gone and they were trying, we'll get you another job. You know, don't worry about it. We'll take you to another site. Blah, you can go to Manchester. And I was like, no, gone. And since like, then, I, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> and I'm so glad I did. I left and bye bye. I'm, I, you know, I met some lovely people in that job. But when I think back, like, towards the end of that job and I'm sure COVID didn't help me with my mental health but in like the September October 2020 I was just crying every day like after work I was just like this is this is really affecting me now and I'm glad I left and I was like fuck you and I, I it's the most powerful 
position I have ever felt in a job where I can say I'm leaving everything on my terms and I'm leaving you in shit. And I've never felt as powerful. So if you can ever do that to a toxic workplace, fucking do it. And then the cherry on top was for the last two months. So I had left the 6th of November 2020. I got paid a December pay packet and a January pay packet. This is how shit this company were. And they chased me for months demanding this money back. And I said, I had the money in my bank account. I said, I can't really pay it all back right now. So I'll just pay you back in drips and drafts. <laughs> and I could have made their job a lot easier. And I could have paid all that money back. So really, I'm the toxic one there. But I decided a bit of karma. And I was like, Do you know what? I'll just pay you like some money a month, you know. And it took me like a year and a half. But I was like, fuck it. Nick, Nick always said to me, it's like, why would you do this to yourself? Like, why would you like not just want to get rid of it? It's like, because I'm a petty ass bitch and they've done me wrong. So I'm going to do them wrong and I'm going to make them know how it feels. <laughs> and I kept someone in a job well, for 14 months, didn't I? So there you um, Yeah. So that was kind of the end of that kind of career. There's loads of other stories and I'm sure Saz is thinking of plenty now, but it, it was just a time in my life where it, it changed for me when I was working on hospitality where I wouldn't have spoke back to a manager mm. in in a young age because you're starting off. You're like, oh, I need I need the job experience. I need this on my CV, yada, yada, yada. But that job really changed my perspective on a job. And it was really like, it's a job now. And if I don't like something, I'm going to speak up about it. And if I don't want to do it or it's not on or... I'm going to do that. And I don't think a lot of people can handle that in jobs. And you're always seen as like, God, they're aggressive. You know, we need to put, put, pull them into a meeting. Like you're, what's the word they always say? Your, your attitude, you know, you're not a team player and all this bullshit because you speak up and you voice your opinion. But I think that's what people need to do and wake up. And loads of people wrote into this podcast and they've slagged off that they're not on with their jobs and they hate their work and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's a financial situation at the end of the day, but do not treat your job like it is the most important thing in your life, please, for your own sanity, I beg you. The only thing that kept me in that job for so long was the people. Yeah. Apart from my manager, obviously. But our team, like, that's literally the only thing. And as yeah. well, I think having you, out, I say outside of work because we were in different offices. Yeah. But we, we knew what each other was going through kind yeah. of thing. So you could you could bet to someone that knew what the crack was yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, that's also a thing I never actually thought of that before. But that, that kept us going in a way. And then anytime we went, I thought you'd be a bitch about it. <laughs> 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 um, okay, and then the last kind of job that I had, it was like a corporate retail situation. So I worked in an office, but then I would also have to step onto a retail floor at some point. Um. And the customers there, oh my God. Like, I've never seen a less classier group of people. But the demands were worse than the corporate people. <laughs> yeah. Like, crazy. Like, oh my God. Um, But I have a story. Um, I mean, I got called a faggot numerous times on that shop floor because I said no. And at that point, 
I, I was broke. I was like, if I want to say no, I want to say no to people and customers and things like that. There, So people brought like dogs into the shop that were jumping on people. I asked people to take out their dogs. I'm like, who the fuck you talking to? Like, scouse scum. Again, not all scousers are scum, but these people were. Um, and numerous times of things like that, like aggravated customers and things. And at that point, I just gave as good as I gave back. Do you know what I mean? Um, but the, the main story about this toxic workplace was the boss whom I worked for it was a very kind, um, caring, kind of trusting person um, who was quite trusting of people. And there was a, a operations manager who worked in that place before I started. And he knew how to play the boss and the business. Um, and I could sense that he didn't like me because I seen through this and I started to speak up and defend the boss. Um, and there was one particular instance where there was like a delivery um, of like stock, a massive lorry pulled and there was a massive delivery of stock. And this operations manager was employed to sort out this thing in the keys in the name operations manager. Um, and he, the boss was busy always, constantly on calls, constantly in meetings, um, constantly emails, typing away. And I was in the same office, so I seen all this happening. And this operations manager came in on that delivery and said to the boss, um, can you sort out that delivery? Go on the forklift, forklift, take all the stuff off. And I, um, the boss got up, went to grab the coat. And I was like, sit down. I was like, you out of all of us are the busiest person in this organization. This is what you're employed to do. You're not that busy. Go and do it. And from that moment, he never liked me. And he knew he couldn't get away with shit. And there were loads of other examples where I pulled him up on, like, you're not doing this properly. And he lost his shit at me one day, which I love when people lose their shit at me. Because I feel so, like, calm down. Calm down. Um, and he was, you know fuck you fuck this you're a micromanager and as i'm not a micromanager i just notice mistakes and you're making a lot of them and then he laughed shortly after which was fucking brilliant because he was the type of person that came in and talked about you know his wife and his kids and what did you do at the weekend and i had no interest as like you're a person who works here fuck off so yes those are my toxic examples <laughs> and Put up, please just out there and I'll finish off by saying throughout my career I have learned that a job is a job Um, it's not my entire life it will never be my entire life it's not my personality there are people out there who work they're lonely their job is their personality they have nothing going on and that's why they're such a busybody cunt to you Um, and I will never again put myself in a position or a job to put up with that shit. And I plead with everyone out there, stand up for yourself. Do not be afraid to say no. It is a job at the end of the day. Fuck toxic workplaces and fuck toxic co-workers. You're here. You're here. <laughs> Amen. Vote for me at the next election. Thank you. <laughs> Oh yeah, it just winds me up. So I hope we've helped you. I hope or we've given you inspirational stories to think, fuck, I'm realizing that's happening in my workplace and I need to do something about it. Yeah. So that comes to the end of that section. So I put out a question box and people have wrote in. Um, and we're going to go through them. Now, some of these are quite long, so I will read 
them as quickly as possible. Um, so, let me just get up my question box. I've talked that much that actually my question box has disappeared, so I need to find it again. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the time limit. I put them up earlier yesterday and obviously that's backfired. Lovely <laughs> care one. I listen to the stories, it just stressed me out. I know. It makes you it just oh. angers you up. Definitely. Oh. It's PTSD. Um, it okay. me, what gets me is just people think it's okay. Like that that hundred percent. Yeah. This is where I was taught, said about the COVID thing. We had the work-life balance and now you know, people are expecting you to work more and forget about the life balance. I think that this is where people are going to learn. And yeah. I, I like to see it. So um, the first person, so I have question boxes and then I also have DMs. So the question box, first of all, is I work somewhere that made people reapply for their job every month to keep people on their toes. Get charged with something to say about this. Surely that's not legal. Like, that is, please, like, direct message me and tell me, like, what the crack was because you can't. Like, how, how, how can you do I that? I mean, that can't be right. it would have to be a bar job or something. It would have to be like a hospitality job. It couldn't be a I corporate mean, office job. I, I, like, who, who has the time to, like, re interview people and go through those application forms and stuff? <laughs> No idea. Could you, you sound very low, Shanine. Do I? Is anyone else low? Well, no, you don't sound low. Now, you're sound... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, the next person says, Oh, I could write a book about my time in First Source. What is First Source? Is that a call center or something? Yeah, it's a call center. Oh, oh, oh yeah, please let us know your stories about a call center. I'd love to get an episode with someone on who works in a call centre because the story would be fabulous. Um, well, only yeah, worked I worked in an outbound action. call centre. Sorry? Sure, I worked in an outbound call centre. Oh my god, yes, you worked in a call centre during uni. How was that? And so did Tiernan and so did Pally. It was actually probably one of the handiest jobs I've ever had in my life. You were allowed three no-shows a month so you could just not come in and not tell anyone you were coming. <laughs> no way. Right, three of them a month. Yeah, you're allowed three a month. And like if you um text, say, the day before saying you couldn't come in, that didn't count as a no-show because you let them know. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, safe to say that company is no longer there. I can see one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next one is um, my last workplace was super toxic because of the guy who owned the business. He would verbally abuse the staff in meetings and would even sack them on the spot when he felt like it with no HR meetings. There wasn't even a HR team. It was just his wife. <laughs> one day I said I have to go pick my sick daughter up from school and he texted me accusing me of lying and threatened to sack me so I rang in sick the next day so I could get a sick note from the doctor for stress an hour after ringing in the boss sent one of my colleagues to my door to give me a letter saying he was giving me three months notice to leave and threatened that if I tried to and threatened that if I tried to leave he'd sue me Thankfully, the doctors gave me a sick note for the three months so I didn't have to go back and he couldn't try and see me. 
but he sent people to my front door a further two times to check on me to the point where I nearly had to ring the police. Some people who have left the business have even needed therapy because of this cunt. Oh Jesus God. Christ. Insane. That is insane. There's so many rules broken there. So many, like, you do not come to someone's house. Yeah, but sharing uh, um, an employee's information, like yeah. personal information. Yeah, breach yeah. of the data act. I mean, they're talking about you seeing him, he would sue you. You could fucking sue his ass and get fucking hundreds of thousands. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. If that happened to me, fucking hell. Mm. <laughs> and it, what's your HR opinion on this, Shania? <laughs> That's fucking harassment. That's harassment. That's absolutely ridiculous. Like you said, just because he's the owner of the business, well, his wife's the HR team, like nobody else should have access to their personal data. No. Like no manager should have somebody's home address. No. Unless you give it to them yourself, like. Yeah. But, well, that's ridiculous. Like, no. Jesus. And the fact that his wife is the HR team, like that means that the boss himself isn't going to get in trouble because she's the HR. Yeah. yeah. It's a conflict yeah. of interest that like you could actually take them for everything they're worth. Yeah. In my opinion, you should do it. Because <laughs> I'm a petty ass bitch. But yeah, hopefully you're in a better position than you are now. You've obviously left the job. <laughs> I'm hoping you're in a better job and, you know, you're looking after yourself. But again, this is hopefully going to be experience that you never take shit like this. And I don't even know how you would go about defending yourself in this instance. Like, because obviously words aren't working because you've given... A doctor's note, you've said, you know, you won't be in. He just sounds psychotic. Yeah. Like, actually psychotic. So hopefully you're in a better position, but keep us posted. Uh, okay, the next one. Um, when I started in my current role a few years ago, I was being trained by the guy whose role I was taking. This guy was from an Asian background, and he tried to destroy me from the day I met him with emotional abuse in terms of constantly being horrible to me and putting me down and constant digs. But I know how that was because he was feeling threatened. Anytime I brought this up with HR, when I finally had the courage to, I was told it was due to cultural differences. In this particular example, I was on a call with another colleague whose work I was also taking being trained. This person came back from his lunch and demanded I ended the call. So this is the Asian guy. What's urgent, he demanded, repeatedly kept messaging and calling me on the call, telling me to get off the call. He thought I was his possession, and I know now he is a narcissist, and, uh, and the call ended with him saying he was going to report me to my manager. I was there for five days, so I don't know who's going. So he said, I was there for five days, so no one's going to believe you. I burst into tears and ran out of the office in a state and was told by HR that it was again due to different upbringings and cultural differences. This went on until I nearly left and I made HR listen to me. I ended up having to do coaching therapy. Nothing was ever done about this little prick. I've heard of multiple stories where this happened to other people and he gets away with it because HR is too scared to tackle him on it. And to this day, he is still doing it to new people. And I report him to HR on their behalf and they do nothing. Okay, so I will say, like, the person themselves has to raise it. You know, like, so if they're reporting him on behalf of other mm. people, you, you, can't, you can't do anything with that. That person has to come themselves. But 
to me, it's just ridiculous that they're like, oh, to do cultural differences. They didn't do an investigation to find out anything. Mm. So how the fuck do they know what the difference is? Exactly. It just gives HR a bad name. It does. <laughs> it's like, I, people don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> it does give HR a bad name. Um, especially when this person has went to HR multiple times and HR are just using the excuse. It's cultural differences, different upbringings. I mean, that's, in my opinion... You're not in, in a workplace. They're always said you're you're meant to be equal. You're not meant to bring sexual orientation. You're not meant to bring religion. You're not meant to bring all this stuff in. So the fact mm. that HR is using this stuff is mind boggling to me. Yeah, as an excuse. Um. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm mind boggled. I'm just like. I know you started again. This is the thing to me. I'm getting the sense, but this person started a new job, and they're like, "I can't say anything because it's a new job. I need the money. I need the job." Yeah. So I hope now that, you, and you said you built the courage, and thank God you fucking did, because how is he still getting away with it? Okay, and the last one is, um, I applied internal internally for a new position in the company I used to work for. Um, another girl got the position, but she was also external. So. This person applied for the job in their company when they still worked there for a new position and another person applied but they were external and they got the job. Mm-hmm. For the same role, I found out six months down the line she was on 10 grand more than me. She had no degree, no working experience and was also about seven years younger than me. We are 20 and 27. I took HR up for this in a formal complaint and it had a proper dispute done but was dismissed because she was hired externally meaning they can give her extra money for that reason. I found out the girl who was reviewing the whole case who was anonymously picked was my manager's best friend. Hmm. Was the manager on the panel? Because if they were, that is such a conflict of interest. Like she, they shouldn't have been on the panel for that. But also, I'm confused. I thought it was a new position. So why would they be applying? So hold for on, let me read it again. Because so, you said it was a new position. Apply, so this person used to work work there. And go on, let me finish talking. I said <laughs> the person used to work for this company. Sorry. I said go on, let me finish talking. I was just saying that I was confused because if they're saying it's a new position, but then they're querying why this person's on a higher salary, but if it's a different job and a new position. Why would they not pay a higher salary? Let me read it again. Applied eternally for a new position. Yeah. In the company I used to work. Another girl got the position. Also externally for the same role. Oh, I see what you mean. Aye. And it depends on what the criteria is the person was maybe potentially shortlisted it all depends on that you know did it ask for a degree or what did it ask for for the job but i can understand why they're annoyed because i if it's yeah. the manager's best friend that's very shady like very very yeah. shady 100 percent. um right right back in because we're not very clear on that but we obviously i think it's still toxic because the manager's best friend is on the panel <laughs> um, yeah. that's not fair no 100 percent um, right, so that brings us to the end of this section. Um, the last section we are going to do is on advice, and I have a few questions that I am going to read out, and we're going to give our best um, advice that we can. Um, so we're going to take a little break because I'm dying for the toilet. Apologies. And we'll be right back. 
and we're back. Um, so as always, we put out a question box for people to write in for their advice. And I'm going to read them out and we're going to try and help you as best as we can. Okay, so the first one is, I'm constantly overwhelmed in life, like with work, home life, trying to be social, eating healthy, exercising, etc. And I can never seem to keep my head above water. Have you any advice on how to ease the pressure? No, no I'm so sorry. I was thinking, I was like, did I write this in? <laughs> I feel like it's a very adult feeling. Yeah. I think it's just um, stillness in their life. I know yeah. it's like very, like maybe over say it and people think it's corny and stuff but do just even 10 minutes out of your day just take it to sit do nothing not even read a big written just just do nothing close your eyes yeah. and just try and think of where you'd like to be or something i don't know yeah and just take a bit of time out i know it's easier said than done because i cannot shut off at all yeah but like maybe even if it is just to take your mind off it do read a book or something for 10 minutes and whatever it is you need to do yeah. but that, apart from that i don't know because i need advice too because i'm yeah. i would the same as all of you like even if i sat down to not do anything i'd still be thinking i need to do this i need to do this yeah. I, need to, I can never shut off as well um so like you know sometimes you try and take a bath and you're like oh fuck like the onion one Thing, but you're still in the bath thinking and then you, I, I'll always look and go oh that's the thing you know like you're never just in the moment relaxing you always think of other stuff that needs to be done and I would feel like that's a waste of time even though it's not meant to be a waste of time relaxing but also uh, this will only help with certain things make a list and take it off as you go and split it into like quick wins like what mm -hmm. can you take off the quickest and then just like slowly get through your list yeah. or do it like the other way and like don't make a list but like write down what you do and uh -huh. then like at the end of the day you'll be like fuck me like i've done bloody loads here like uh, yeah. you're not pushing yourself you're like you know you just write down like oh whatever i get done i get done and then like the time you write it all and all down and look at it you'll be like fuck i'm class like i've done this yeah. yeah and I i've never done this personally but i've heard screaming into apollo is very cathartic <laughs> Um, I'm really stressed but also I think it's important to think you know if I don't do this task am I going to die or is somebody else going to die and if the answer is no well then it doesn't really matter oh, no. I mean I just, just like it's not life or death if you don't exercise or if you decide not to go for groceries or if you cancel on a friend you know when you're meant to be meeting them just because you're not feeling in a good place like it's not right. the end of the world so just remember that yeah remember that yeah. well, well, like if you if in five years like you wouldn't care about it like don't yeah. give it your thought now yeah. like 100%. Yeah. give yourself a break too and just be like just feel free to say no like sometimes you have to say no to things to uh -huh. like maybe give you time to do other things you know exactly and just like sal says maybe take a minute but you know have a glass of wine and i can guarantee you after the bottle you won't care <laughs> okay the next question i have is okay it's been a, quite a long one um i have a friend who's extremely negative around meeting new people they can be very nasty and mean to people they don't know 
I'm getting to the point where I'm worrying about what they are going to do or say or if they're going to offend someone close to me. Sometimes it looks bad on me and I'm, wor- and I'm worried it could start to affect my relationships if I continue being friends with this person. Have we any advice on what to do? I'd call that friend out and be like, what is your problem? Mm. Like I would straight out just call them out and if they don't think that there's an issue with their behaviour, I would just stop inviting them places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would just and them too like I can rebut but like I know like their behaviour is not really like on you but it is in a way do you know like if you feel like yeah. we're not and they're being a dick like it does kind of reflect on you it's like just stop inviting them like yeah. and like a probably takes a call on you like you'll be there like my god like what the fuck has been on and then you'll feel really bad and it'll ruin your night and then it might start to impact the relationships yeah. you have with other people I'll go cut them out <laughs> yeah like yeah it's, I think um, people <laughs> gonna head fast <laughs> like people change you know like as you get older and stuff like just because someone's been your friend for a while doesn't mean they're gonna be your friend forever do you know what I mean and if it if it gets to the point where like the point that you're at as Sinead says call them out and if they're not willing to change that behaviour then you don't need to be friends with them you know what I mean uh-huh. maybe you're just growing apart anyway like maybe that's maybe it would just be beneficial to just cut them out of your life because you don't need that shit um, especially if you're worrying constantly about inviting them and if they're going to offend somebody and is it that's going to start to affect your relationships then mm-hmm. it doesn't really sound in my opinion that they're a friend to you if, if you're going to be worried about this yeah. happening um mm. uh it's 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 a you know it's it might not be as black and white as that like there could be other circumstances what why is the person so negative around meeting new people probably jealousy yeah that, that could be a factor is there under is there underlying issues of is there loneliness there are they they don't like when other people are involved um in your friendship like, you know, like you could have a friend, for an example, in my head, um, from years ago, where a friend is jealous of their other friendships that you make. And that's yeah. why they're acting out. Yeah. And they'll do all this stuff. Like, I, it, I don't think it could be black and white, but there could be other extenuating factors to it. Um, but overall, I think the consensus is that you need to bring it up to the friend and just say, look. Yeah you're doing this numerous times I bring you around people and it's getting to the point where those people don't want you around and I'm starting to not want you around and as Sa says because you've had a friend doesn't mean that friend's going to be with you your entire life I've had friends in school that I'm no longer friends with mm-hmm. you just you grow apart and that is life people come into your life for a reason a season or a lifetime and that's it and if that's one of those friends and that's one of those friends and maybe it it needs to get to this point in order for you to get rid of that friend yeah um so yeah um and if 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 the friend when you bring it up to them reacts badly well then they're not a friend if they can't as i said emotionally immature people one of my annoyances if you can't bring that up and have an adult conversation about how someone is acting then they are emotionally immature yeah no Bye-bye, friend. 
and you'll have better parties or you'll have better times or you'll have better social um interactions with other people if that person isn't around being a negative drain yeah that's true but keep us posted because we do like follow-up gossip (laughs) (laughs) um okay that brings us to the end of the podcast um i'd like to thank everyone for listening please like share and review give us five stars wherever you get your podcasts um i'd like to thank the girls mel saz and sinead for joining me this evening um thank you for your time and thank you for your personal toxic workplace stories hopefully we've helped everyone um stick up for yourself um remember to take a look thistle drink responsibly and we will see you next week goodbye bye bye, bye. bye.